welcome to this week's episode of the Back to <laughs> Podcast. This week we're covering Reefer Madness and Reefer Madness the Movie Musical. As always, we recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing before listening to the episode because of potential spoilers. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. I'm Jacob. Wow, you said it differently. Yeah, I know. It was like all serious. Like, <laughs> I'm Jacob. I, I changed. Jacob. I actually changed the intro a little bit too. I cut some stuff out. So wow, saving time. Right and now yeah, we're it did, it did now seem, we're making I was it like, longer. Yeah. It did seem shorter. I was like, Wait, oh, whoa, I have to, I have to talk now. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, uh, that's fast. So yeah, it's been a week. I'm almost done with the last episode. I got behind. I've been like studying for my drone test, so I've been behind. But uh, I'm like. 20 minutes from being done with the last episode so it'll be up like tonight or oh, tomorrow sweet. oh sweet and this one will be up better the, hurry it up keith dude the peplum episode is gold i, I listened to that <laughs> yeah, i like i <laughs> yeah. like it i like the backstreet boys ending that was my favorite yeah. part <laughs> it's such a long outro where we're just <laughs> know. you're like let's nothing. wrap it up and then we had another like 40 minutes of just bullshit <laughs> for our, our, our poorest listeners that have to deal with our shit <laughs> but at the same time oh no the one episode that we just did actually makes up for that though because we killed it i think like oh really in our discussion yeah it is sounded it really good bad that i don't remember what our last one was color grading digital intermediate oh yeah, my god Pleasant, pleasantville and oh brother wow yeah. wow i can't believe yeah. I, wow <laughs> I, can't, I cannot it, believe it's you. all that reefer guys yeah it's all that reefer it's yeah <laughs> we had to prepare for this coming episode by you know indulging in <laughs> A few couple things. <laughs> we did a drunk episode. We should do like just let's all get super high, completely, and do an episode. Oh man, <laughs> it'll be Byron's first time smoking. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. I, I'll I'll shoot up instead. Don't do it. Don't do it, Billy. It's <laughs> a good compromise. We'll just smoke crack. So you know, everybody had does, did some does, pot, <laughs> and then Byron shot up. I mean, <laughs> does reefer man? Does reefer madness want make you want to smoke? No. Yeah, it does. It really does. The musical does, though, right? The musical like wants you. It's like, oh, this seems kind of fun. I think the tongue is too buried in the cheek, too much like yeah. to the smoke with that one. Maybe. Yeah, my I think, cheek. I my, think my, uh, Byron likes that though. My likes... my tongue almost came out of my cheek, like the whole, you know. What about other people's tongues? Do you like those in your cheeks too? Uh, yeah. I mean, if they're of my choosing, yes. If you have reefer. <laughs> You can make That's it happen. That's Byron's price. You have, re- have reefer. We'll stick my tongue in your mouth. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. So, yeah. Uh, updates. Anything? Anything updates, yeah. Um, I did a 48-hour. Uh, I talked about it last episode. I was going to bring this uh, up. We had our showing on last Monday, and we ended up winning the audience award um, for that night. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, and, um, yeah, we move on to the next round, uh, which is on August 8th. And, Dude, your, pr- uh, your prediction was right, man, because you predicted that it was going to probably move up to the next round. Yeah, I, I just had a, I mean, it's good. It's not, it's a good 48 hour. Like, we did a pretty good job. I don't know if it'll win this round because, I mean, you know, there's like 60 films, but, I, you know, it's one of the better films that I've made, period. Um, oh, sweet. Even without the 48 hour things which says a lot about my prior <laughs> films if if a film that i made in, in two days is better than all my other movies then then yeah i guess but so. sometimes you know you hit that you when you hit that groove and it just goes just get in the groove you just like, go yeah, yeah. It, that it that i mean again that does a huge you know 
service. Yeah, I definitely think <laughs> yeah, one yeah. of the more fun things I made was that sauna knob, which was 48 hours. That one was right. a blast to make, yeah. Maybe because you don't think about it as much. You just go do yeah, it. Yeah, you just and go you, for it's it. It's intuition. Yep. You go with your yeah. gut for That's a bunch of options. You know, Balls like people bringing me clothing, and I'm like, that one, you know, just pick one. <laughs> Whatever one sat, seems good. Yeah, you know? exactly. No overthinking. It's like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, just boom. Just got to go. That's why yeah. I'm itching to do another one because it's like I said, like, you know, you're, that's it. You yeah. have 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. You either want to compete or you don't. <laughs> right. And that's it. And, like, it's not, like, it's a lot of work at the time, but it's actually not as much work as making a movie because when, when you're making a short, it's like you spend all this time preparing for it. You meet with people beforehand. You iron out all these details at least when i do movie i don't know about you guys but that's what i do and then i end up spending forever editing but in 48 hours it's like yeah you're destroyed that weekend but you get it all done and then right, and yeah. then it's and then it's, it's actually not that showing bad. to an audience it's showing to an audience which is the big thing because when you make a little short film somewhere you don't get normally you don't get to watch it with an audience so i'm just i'm thankful we could watch it again with an audience i'm really excited for that yeah man uh, congratulations it's, cra- it's just a weird experience watching with an audience like the yeah. nerves because you're like wow yeah, this is yeah, something man. we did like what are they gonna like it are they not and then that's why right. i kind of like with that last one i did the horror or whatever it was just like ah you just feel like but people when you don't dug feel it though. the energy i think it i think they did but it's like you don't feel it necessarily so you're kind of sitting there yeah like, yeah slunk down to your seat a little bit like, <laughs> oh, man, i fucked up on that i fucked up on that right uh, well, yeah well you know what's funny is with this showing there was two jokes because it's a comedy there was two jokes that i didn't think would land and people laughed at both so i was oh, like sweet i guess like Someone th- found the joke in there, but I didn't think it was obvious enough. And I still think it's not. Like, I still think we could make the jokes a little bit more obvious in two spots. But, uh, you know, there wasn't as much dead space as I thought. Like, I was I was pretty I was pretty happy. Oh, That's sweet. Nice. Yeah, That's man. Nice. Yeah. Crazy energy when that happens, for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. You get, like, that, like, adrenaline rush, you know? Oh, dude. That felt <laughs> so good. Like, it was like, ooh, I'm making people laugh. Like, yeah. that. Oh, it just feels super good. Yeah, Unless it's it. one group winning all the awards, then you're just like, okay, like we get it. This is like your sixth award. <laughs> right. God, that happened that one time like it a does. couple years ago, too. It, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of the time there's like a sweep, you yeah. know. And uh, that's just not fun. It's, yeah. so, it's like, okay, we've seen right. the person it, get up. like, And then yeah. you know, like certain categories can be like, oh, Jesus, like they're going to win <laughs> this one, too. At, so, at right. the same time, sometimes it's like when when someone's like winning all these and then all of a sudden like there's films that are being chosen for other things you're like oh sweet heck yeah, yeah exactly. those guys yeah, like, you know sounds like, good yeah, yeah. then you there, can eat. go ahead there was there's was one uh, festival i went to down in phoenix it was a 72 hour and uh there was one guy and his his film was pretty good i wouldn't say it was the best one there but it was it was well actually it kind of was the best one there um <laughs> but it was there was a lot of like films that were just as good like but his was like barely the best i would say and uh he went down there to accept his first award and then he just stayed down there like he just went and sat like right in front and it was like he I knew fucking, i fucking hate what? you and you know the best part is he didn't even win everything so like what he a thought, pretentious piece of shit yeah right what the hell? he thought he would go win it all and then like he just stayed down there like assuming he would get more re- awards which he did but he didn't get best director he got best writer um so what a our, our guy our guy got best director so he, he can <laughs> <Nah>. suck it <laughs> that's so weird because like for one of my films i got three awards 
and just getting up three times is weird to me. So I can't imagine, like, yeah. I'm going to sit here because I'm going to know I'm getting up, like, eight more times. Yeah. Like, right. I don't know, dude. Just, just accepting, like, I want to win, but then also accepting, a, uh, like, a, an award is still kind of weird. Yeah. No, right. yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, like, the, the, the last Bleeding Hand, we won Best Cinematography. And, like, we're in the middle of the whole theater it's not that big of a theater but like we're in the middle so it's like it's like awkward you have to like they call your name and then everyone's looking and then you have to like squeeze by through everyone everyone. and then you go into the front and then you have to go back you know to into your seats while they're like talking about the next you know winners you're like oh man it's so awkward but at the same time it feels great that you won you know you're like no yeah no it totally does Uh, but here's here's a really important question this this might tell us what kind of people we all are are you the are you the kind of person who get like when you're squeezing by people at the theater do you give them your butt or or your your front do you give them the back like do you, do you, do you face <laughs> the butt towards them question or do you do you face the butt outwards towards the theater and give them the crotch like what what okay, do you fight club i tyler durden over here is this a fight club question uh, yeah he's like and now a question of etiquette. Do I give you the ass or do, or do I give you the front? Or What do you say? It's like when he's on the plane talking to uh, oh, yes. himself no, yeah, for the exactly. first time. He's exactly. like, a question, yeah, a question of etiquette. Do I give you the ass or do I give you the front? Yeah, what kind of people are you? I oh. think are you assers or I go, butters? I go butt, probably, I think. I go, f- I go front, I think. I go oh, back. Oh. I seriously. I go butt. I'm all I, butt, dude. Are you like, hey, hey. Hold up. Yeah, normally because I don't. I usually do with your fly down. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to look at them when you do this. You want to well, stare them right in the eye when you walk by them. Yeah. There, I mean, there have been definite times where I've done the the, you know, where I've I've given them my ass. You know why <laughs> I do? So you know why I, I do the back? Because because when you shuffle down, you can just slip right into your seat. There's no like right. turn around. Right. It's just oh, oh yeah. You know that's what true. about you, Jacob? Oh, I'm a butt guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, even going out, going in, I'm a butt guy. Because well, I don't like, care about the people in the theater. I'm like, I'm here to watch a movie. Well, I, see, know? when I right. do, when I do it, it's literally only for like if the, I was at a, an award thing, right? Or it's at the end and everyone is like staying in their seats at a theater, and I'm leaving. And I have to go, you know. Um, most of the time you when shift. I shift when it's a chick you turn to the front when it's a guy you turn to the back <laughs> nice <laughs> he just does this back and forth down the row yeah you're like, like you're rotating is this guy? yeah you're doing like, like 360s you know? I'm not gonna lie I, I do do both though um, luckily I have like super skinny legs so I can kind of the turn for me, the twist, isn't that bad. <laughs> like seriously, like I, no, I, cause I've, I have, I've thought about this, like, because it is awkward. It's awkward for me either way, because like I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, do I, like, do I right. go this way or do I go that way? And I do, <laughs> I find myself lately definitely, you know, facing them. So I don't know. Right, you're looking Most like the, time- the, bl- the black swan up there, you know, just like rotating <laughs> and. Looking Pir- good. Pirouettes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like most of the time, you know, I'm sure we all do this, where we choose a row that either you don't walk past someone or that's mostly empty or a place yeah. where you can put your feet up on the back of the seat or, like, you know, like, how often do you go to a theater unless it's, like, a really new movie that everyone wants to see yeah. where there's, like, a ton of people there? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's even pretty rare just to walk by someone, so. Yeah, I normally get there super early so they don't have to walk by yeah. people and just get uh, a good yeah. seat, you know? I love an empty theater when I watch movies, dude. That's the best. I feel like I own the place. Like I feel like a rich guy. Like that's just yeah, the, the best. 
Yes know, and no. It's for me. It depends because like depends on the movie. If I want if I want to go in and watch like a really good drama, you know, like Captain Phillips or something like that, I want I want the theater to myself, you know. Yes. But if yes. I want to go to like maybe like a Baby Driver or something Comedy. like that, I want like people to go like, oh shit, oh fuck, did you see that kill, you oh, know, yeah. or whatever. Like when I like a Tarantino movies are. Phenom- there's so For much fun to I- audiences yeah. to, with audience because they they're yeah. like they're laughing they're like you know you always got the guys that are like completely like standing up in their seats you know like yeah. oh damn did you just see that you know right. like it's it's fun you know um, right. there's film theory surrounding cinema and the concept of watching movies with an audience right too. And I can't remember I have the essay still but I can't remember who. Uh, authored the essay. I know, like, Bazine does stuff where he talks maybe about... Maybe that's who it like, was, yeah. It, not only does he talk about, like, the solo um, experience when you're in a dark, mm-hmm. darkened room and, and how even if you're surrounded by people next to you, like, you, you actually forget that they're exactly. there and you're having right, this, like, right. intimate thing with the light, of, you know, right. in front of you. Um, Bazine's cool. I'm pretty sure it might have been probably his. him. I wanted to say Roland Bart, but that didn't sound right. So oh, maybe it was Bazan or Bazine yeah. or I don't know how to say his name. I want to say it was Bazine, but there is. Bart I, I can pull whatever. up the essay yeah. later. But yeah, it, there's a lot of theory surrounding like how a film changes if you're watching it in a theater packed with people versus not, and like. Right. I would say I like to have the theater moderately full, but enough where it's like I'm not sitting next to someone right, necessarily. Right, right. Um, because it does add a certain energy to it that you just don't get. And that's why a theater, like, people are like, theaters are dying because you can watch everything at home on your computer. But there's right. still, like, going to the theater, there's... How do you replicate that? Like, yeah, without can't, millions sure. of dollars invested in your own home theater, like it's funny. Well, at so, home, you're so distracted. You well, I'm saying, phone. like, if you're rich and you have like a home theater and you can semi recreate the experience, <clears> but you're like you said, you're still, you know, you're I can whip my phone out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I th- I think it, it it could just be the environment. You know, you're it at totally home is. versus going out. Like when you're going out, you have that twenty minutes of driving there. You get the popcorn. There's like a... a anticipation uh, almost. Yeah, anticipation. There's a method to it. Like, you just go out and do it. And, you know... and 100%. You can't, you can't beat that. 100%. Yeah, you know... You can't, can't beat the train that you ride on with the popcorn and pops in your face at the beginning. You can't beat that. <laughs> like, for me, um, I, I growing up as a kid and stuff, I, I, I was, like, super shy. I didn't like to, like, just deal with people um, and stuff. And, like, I just... I didn't like... I didn't like going to the theater when there was a lot of people. You know, I'd like to go to early showings or late showings um, where there just wasn't a lot of people. And then when I went to the Telluride Film Festival, that changed it. Because then you're surrounded by people, uh, of course, that are that are there for a reason. And, like, and it's a shared love of cinema. They all want to be there. They're all, like, right. into the movie. And when, you know... With like they clap at the end of the movie, you know, like That's why um, I want to go to a film festival so bad. Cause it's, it's so it's much like different. Minded. It's so different, right. and it's so it's so much better. And now that I've experienced that numerous times, that I every time I go to the theater, like just like you know Regal Cinema or whatever, I'm I'm looking to get my fix like i want that telluride experience again and i know i'm not going to get it but i want that like that's what i'm <laughs> i'm like hopefully may, maybe this crowd right. will be really into the movie you and they'll it. and they'll like you know uh like you know um be in participation with the film you know right i wonder you if gotta, you, could... you have to go to like cinerama or sundance 
or IMAX, like those are the audiences that like the people who are spending Not that IMAX. extra dollar. It depends on what IMAX, but if you go to like the downtown Seattle IMAX, right, like the right. Boeing IMAX, like yeah. that's the best IMAX in Seattle. Uh, you're going to get that audience. That's if why I'm, go, I'm going there to watch Dunkirk, and I'm sweet. so excited because I know the audience is going to be so into it. They're going to love it's it. true, yeah. Uh, super pumped. If you go away from Regal and AMC to, uh, you know, the the the, le- the, not sh- the non-chain theaters, you're, you're probably likely more, like, you have more of a chance to find those yeah. people who are, yeah. like, more yeah. f- into films. I wonder if, and maybe, I don't, I don't know, if you when you own a theater... Is there a reason why, or maybe they just haven't thought about it, that, like, what if you were to make a, like, try and develop a de- dedicated time, like, you'd make, like, an email list or, like, a, a group list or something of people who consider themselves more of, like, film, m- more into film than the average person. Yeah. And then have, like, a time where it's like, okay, this slot, film people, try and go see... Right. this or yeah. something you know what i mean like go right. see it here so you can be around like like-minded people right and stuff like that i wonder if that is uh, possible in uh, almost cinema. like a meetup group sort yeah, of thing exactly yeah but do it like if you're the owner of a cinema as opposed to, like someone in the community just making the group you know what i mean i like, feel like right. maybe like the pickford could get away with something like that <laughs> it'd be harder yeah. i think for like a regal or amc or something yeah because but they're I, so I mean, locked in yeah. yeah but i can I, see I feel it like the pickford is kind of like that already yeah, you know? it kind of is. It already has that kind of all the people that are really into like film as an art. You know that right. they, they already kind of they either know of the Pickford and go frequent there because of oh they they play cool documentaries or whatever it is. You know, right? Um, well, that yeah, because that's just the kind of movies that attra- that like the, they play the movies that attract that audience, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That like appreciates the art of it. They like yeah. want something different. They don't want things that are the same. They want like alternative storylines. You know. Because I guarantee you, the Pickford would not be in business if they were playing Marvel. Because all the kids oh, are going to want to, no. they're going to want to go see the Marvel films in the big screen. That they're not going to go to no, a little no, no, independent no. theater. No, 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 no. For That's that. not how you watch Marvel movies. No, yeah. You need the you need the audio. You need the big screen for that. God, the audio is the biggest thing to me. That you can't. Like, yeah. You can recreate it at home, but you also can't. You know, like, unless you're right. like Sean Combs or something. There's levels like you could you could improve your current system exactly. probably, but exactly. it's never it's still not going to be the same as going to the theater. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I love that theater talk. Um, <laughs> so theaters are the best. They're they the best. are. They definitely are not going anywhere. Well, the, uh, speaking of that. Uh, Sorry, but there's like, did you hear that? Read about the controversy with Christopher Nolan and Dunkirk and the whole Netflix thing. B Ryan, did you just interrupt the podcast? No, I don't. I didn't hear about that. <laughs> just real quick, because we're talking about film theaters, so <laughs> theaters and like I did uh, see this. Dis- distribution rights and stuff like that, or distribu- like distribution stuff. So at the Cannes Film Festival, there was a big controversy because Okja is Netflix, right? And it's oh, not yeah. getting a theatrical release. Yeah, that it's, pig it's, movie. Yeah, so it's you know it's only getting release on um netflix and then it came out limited theaters right which hardly anyone is going to go see that which is what allowed it to it's like it, since it got a theater run it was allowed it, in yeah so like it was controversial like awards yeah yeah it was very which controversial like yeah. pedro, pedro Almodovar, um famous film director he was president of the jury and he he kind of made it his views were like eh 
I'm I don't like this. And, what a douche! You know, like what a <laughs> fucking douchebag. He's known, isn't he? He's like the gay director, right? Who's right. known for making like. <laughs> Like, like really gay, like gay heavy themed. Uh, no, I'm of, saying like he's uh, actually of. like a gay individual whose movies generally tend towards like having the, gay characters and gay themes. Yeah, right. Talk right, about right. a dude who's like get over. Like you've had this whole battle of acceptance, and you're gonna be like, nah, that movie is Netflix. Yeah, man. fuck you, Pedro Almodovar. <laughs> it was fuck nice, you, but I, dude. See, I see where you're no, coming from. No, though. I don't at all. I, I, okay, I, but I do. If a movie's quality, a movie's quality, dude. Get so like, so, so I, I like, can understand like. <laughs> pushing against Netflix because it's basically like going straight to home video. It's it's straight to DVD releases, you right. know. So I I get like they're they're not making the movie to be played in a theater. They're I making can, it to be I, played at home. I can I can right? play the Devil's Advocate on both of these cuz I I'm a, a, I'm again, I'm a huge fan of Pedro Almodovar's films and stuff like that. And I was a little surprised that he said that because of just exactly what Keith said, you know. Here he's probably been dealing with um an acceptance thing um for quite some time, you know, his whole career. And, um, and now he's not accepting, you know, uh, these other types of films and competition and stuff like this. And at the press conference of the jury, um, there was an actress there. I I forget who it was. It might've been Tilda Swinton actually. Um, so Uh, the old uh, Tildy, someone like that, right? (laughs) She, uh, came in and she, is on the jury with Almodovar and she didn't like disagree with him, but she brought up those points. And she Good, said, dude. like, she said basically she kind of called him out without calling him out. Because you have to be political about it or yeah. whatever. Blah, and blah, so blah. he, so he, by the end of the festival, you could tell that he had maybe thought about it and that he, he still stood by his words yes, because I think too. he had too much pride. However, <laughs> that he, he, he was open for more of a dialogue between the thing, between this whole, you know, controversy. Um, and there was another festival that did the same thing. They weren't, al- they weren't, they didn't allow any, um, Netflix things. Um, and then the director of Oakjaw came out and said, listen, um, I love films as a theatrical exhibition. He's like, I love going to the theater and seeing a movie, and I wish that my films would always go to the theaters. He's like, however, Netflix gave me a very good budget, and I had full creative control. Exactly. And he's like, I got to make the movie that I wanted to make, that I wouldn't have been able exactly. to make if I had gone through the studio system or had to maybe even get it a whole bunch of different independently financed producers. So he's like, it's like pick your battle, you know? So then Christopher Nolan comes in and (laughs) I like, like I, 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 again, I like the guy. He's very talented, Uh, blah, blah, blah. But again, I was surprised just as I was surprised with Pedro Almodovar that he basically dismissed that and was like, Nope, dude, I only do theatrical exhibition films um, Netflix doesn't have their their whole plan for um, uh, <laughs> releasing films on their platform uh, is a is is a sham. Like, dude, I I I know. I agree. Dude, that was so weird. How passionate. I was like, like, why are you so loud about this? Yeah, and I was it must like, be nice to be Christopher Nolan and well, be able to walk into a room well, and exact, make everything you want right. to make in the whole I, fucking world. Yeah, Fuck I you. believe. <laughs> I believe it. that shut people up. should just give me money. Nolan should just shut the fuck no, up. No, that's exactly dude. Like, what he I should felt. not have been in that. Again, I was yeah. surprised. I was like, whoa! Like, here's a guy that I know is passionate about film over digital, and I can understand the reasons behind that. However, now he's going like. You know, full on like 
no only theater theatrical exhibitions blah 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 and i'm just like i was like yeah but dude again you're christopher nolan granted you had to prove yourself to get to where you're at where you can come up with these great big budget movies and get these exhibitions and still have full creative control basically yeah um but at the same time not every film director is going to do that because not every film director has the same type of vision that he does um you know like you have the like the guy who did okja you know he bong joon ho yeah, like when you see Snowpiercer, when you see the host, when you see um He's made uh, theatrical he's, movies too. It's like Yeah. But they're but they are unique and they're different. Um and, God, and not dude, everyone's gonna Jesus give Christ. not everyone's gonna give them that, that chance, you know? So like right. I don't it see it seemed so close minded on Christopher Nolan's part to say something like this that I kinda lost respect that's what, that's because what I thought. I, because yeah, I was like exactly. I know he's an intelligent guy, you know, and I, I No, he's an idiot. Like so, like I was like, "What the heck?" It's like, you know? it's like every every like, it's like Ben Carson. He's like the top surgeon in the world or whatever, but he still like has these crazy whacked out views and is like an idiot. Right. Like ben half Carson. of him is an idiot, half of him is smart. And like sometimes you know, like this is why they tell you not to meet your heroes because like you half them half of them that makes a movie and the movie itself ends up being really cool, but then the other half is like a fucking pedophile you know what i mean and like, like you know nolan's like, always been an advocate for going to the theater right you know? and, and I, I, I think i think he doesn't want something film to that die, he right? just he doesn't want film to, or he cinema, cinema to die he doesn't want cinema to die he likes film over digital that which is irrelevant when it comes to netflix because you could still shoot film and make a netflix movie like that's literally that's not how it works at all like there's a detachment there um but i don't know he's always been an advocate for this so i, I think maybe he arose to the occasion or maybe he said something in passing and TMZ blew it up or something because he has a new possible. movie come out coming it's out true. so maybe he just barely said anything and people were like well here's a director that people are yeah. like his movie's coming out we're, it's gonna get a lot of clicks if we blow this up so it could have been blown up like we don't really know right right I mean it's just interesting because like you know here we are right three people that have a huge passion for film and right. we also like to make movies Granted, and a huge fan base right you know and like we <laughs> we we uh we have to use the digital you know digital we have, have to, to we, digital. we have, have to because we do not that's our only to. choice yeah. yeah so there's that but we also like we were just talking about at the beginning of the podcast we love to go to the theater so i don't think cinema is dying like i don't think i don't film, think it's dying either i think you know when you have you know these blockbusters that are getting more money than they've ever gotten in any time in history of film people are going to the theaters and netflix has been around for quite some time now like we there, there's a time and a place you know sometimes tv's been around forever too and when right. tv came out people were like oh theaters are gonna die right and theaters are still here and it's like what like 50 it's years generally later? i feel like the people who say theater is dying are like really heavy computer users who are like techie nerds essentially <laughs> who like know how to like navigate like oh i use a freaking uh what the fuck is it called uh i use a vpn to download so that no one will catch me and i download all my movies and everything oh, for like free a, like torrenting yeah like people who understand how to torrent there are millions of people who still are tech illiterate Right. Or who don't even care about torrenting, or who want to support with my money because they can, who I, are paying yeah. to go to the movies. Like, well, even it's a really small subset of people. Some people want like, to buy, like, rent movies, like 
on iTunes. Like some people actually want to like be honest. <laughs> you know, not everyone's like a crook. Like some yeah. people like actually want to pay for a movie on YouTube or some shit. You know, they want to spend the three dollars. Yeah. It's I a can- loud minority of people that are like. Oh, for cinema's dying, man. Yeah. So, like, you know, no, it's, I, it's like one right. of those things, you know. I <laughs> Go back in your closet. It's, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> Go back. <laughs> you know, it's, like, interesting. Like, I don't have a lot of money, but I, I have never downloaded a movie. I just, because I'm, you know, because, like. Really? I've never, I never, I don't oh, even, actually, I don't. we've talked about this. Yeah. yeah I know so, you haven't. It's God, weird. So honest. I wish I was like you. <laughs> I know. It's just, <laughs> it's, you want me to pat him on the head for you? <laughs> Please. <laughs> like, you know, it's like one of those things, like, I, I. I, I don't know how to, and I, part of me, I'm like too, like I know millions of people do it, but I'm like too scared, you know, like to, I don't want the, you know, FBI sending me an email, you know. <laughs> I, I've um, done it, but like, man, like, I don't, I'm just, I don't want to anymore. Like, you know, like both Tiff and I know how to do it. And she's like, Hey, do you want to watch this? And I was like, how are we going to get it? She's like, well, we could just download it. And I'm like, nope. Because Let's that, watch that, something else. Yeah, because that's the thing. Is like I know that I'd probably get into a habit of doing it. Because like, why would you want to spend money on it when you could just? It's at your fingertips, getting it free. You know, um, right. it should be at our fingertips. Tips paying three bucks for it. You know yeah, what I mean? It, yeah, that's how it should be. I think that's why torrenting started. Is because uh, people were like, "Hey, I want my movies like instantly now. and whenever I want." Yeah. You know? I and don't want to leave the house to get that's my That's the other thing, too, is it's a bunch of, like, generally introverted people who now have an outlet through the internet who can be like, cinema's dying. Like, <laughs> no, you just don't want to leave your bedroom so you can play video games for 14 <laughs> hours and watch a movie while you're playing video games. Like, Right. Yeah, you, there's so you many know, people that, on. like, you know, the, like, for me, like, Netflix has this place, like, when I just want to stay at home and I want to watch a movie, whatever, um... I'll put on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Showtime or Stars or whatever I'm subscribed Hulu. to. Um, endorsements <laughs> yeah. of the BTD films. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or whatever. Um, and binge watch stuff or whatever. And right. then sometimes it's like, you know what? A movie's coming out. I really want to see this movie. I'm a big fan of the director. I'm a big fan of the actor. I'm a big fan of whatever. Right. I want to go out. I want to see. I want to have any experience. Go with like, a big audience, right? People like, who all there, love this movie. There's a time and a yeah. place. Like it, it it's not gonna die, you know. And it's like Christopher Nolan, man. You're getting your paycheck, you know. It's he's getting it's, more than a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, you know. It's he's like getting, he's getting something. And then like he's there's Almodovar who is getting far, 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 far less money than you know Nolan is. Um, right. But why? Well, I just don't understand. I I bet you that it was just blown up because Dunkirk's coming out. I bet I bet you like $3. I didn't read <laughs> I, I didn't read anything about this. So I didn't see what outlet actually right. produced it, but either way, yeah, it could I mean it could, no it could very well up. be. You know, it's in and like, and like I, I guarantee you he he said what he said, but maybe again, like you said, taken a little bit out of context, or he wasn't as passionate about it as the article or aggressive right. as said, you know. But it's like, it just seems short sighted on his part, from what I read, you know. Um, it's a it's a very um, entitled like he's like ignorant of his own entitlement, yeah, or like ignorant of his own right. position as a director now. Like, yeah, dude, do you realize that there's still millions of people struggling yeah. to make movies who like. You said would mortgage a house to right. fucking make their movie. Yeah, cool, Nolan. You can walk into a room and everyone's ready to suck your cock. Like, cool. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that's, that's cool for you, but I think that's why that that news blew up is because it, like the like he's an easy person to hate. You know, right. he's a he's one of the few creative people in Hollywood 
who can just walk into a room and get like a hundred hundreds of thousands of dollars for his like millions of dollars for his movie and he could just walk in and get it you know so how when is it easy artist, to hate though like everyone loves well it, hang though. on hang on when he says people who do netflix are like like these these are lesser movies and he could just walk into a room like how detached from reality that's is that saying. person yeah, exactly. you know what i mean so that's yeah. what makes him easy to hate so when a thing comes out and maybe he said something in passing maybe i'm just i'm just i'm just spitballing here it's easy to like conclude that he is like super highbrow and isn't in touch with reality anymore right and like you know tarantino has had his brushes with stuff like that um not as bad as maybe this but like you know people have called him you know entitled and uh, with in, in regards to his like film you know his passion for film you know and not the right. digital stuff um dude i i i think he's had way worse runs than than this thing that chris Nolan. <laughs> I feel like Nolan's generally quiet. I think that's why it's surprising. I think yeah, too. yeah, he's a quiet like, person. Yeah. So generally, he doesn't make weird political statements right. like that. But Tarantino like, is kind of known to, to kind of you know he's he says, a little bit louder. Yeah, yeah he, he, he gets says a little more emotional. Yeah. Right, he says what's on his mind for sure. But right? uh, I think the discussion we had on this is cool. So I think we should touch on. I didn't think about this. Netflix as a topic and watch yeah. some Netflix movies and talk about I, how. Like, I told you guys that dude, when we first started the podcast. Of a southern nation, we I said we need Silicon beast, Valley money. Beast of a nation, or whatever. Oh, called. yeah. I guess that's a little. Yeah, Silicon Valley money. That's Netflix. That's Amazon. We got to do it. Yeah, we gotta look at those movies. It was just a, yeah. The way you said it was a little more like. Like abstract and what I was thinking, but yeah, that no, makes I was more just sense. referring to the new models of yeah, almost like the new studio models, uh, almost right, which is what we'll be talking about next week. Dude, too, we have to do Beast of a Nation, man. Beast of a Nation, yeah. Beast of whatever. That, that one actually was made to have a uh, theatrical and a Netflix run simultaneously. Yeah, and it was so. the yeah. first first original Academy yeah. nominated but I think it was the first film that Netflix ever gave to a director to make for net like a movie for Netflix cool I think. oh no way yeah, yeah. so pretty sure we'd have yeah. to That's sweet that and pair it with something else dude for sure. oh man hell yeah uh, Manchester by the sea <clears throat> yeah we could do that for Amazon right first, first Amazon versus Academy, Netflix was that the first Academy nominated it Silicon might, Valley movie might have been I don't know I think it was but we can do a little more research on it, yeah, <clears> and then and settle on it. But that's or a little Oakja, ways off because I haven't seen Oakja yet. I'd be down. That's I'm about halfway. Off, I'm so. about halfway through. It's pretty um, good. We'll think about it. Anyway, let's delve into our topic because we're 35 minutes in. We haven't even touched it. Um, <laughs> yeah, way to go, so, <laughs> B Ryan. Way to open um, that can of worms. Oh man, I, God damn it! I have to say this too. George Romero died. Oh, I just want to yeah. throw that out yeah, there. Yeah. That the uh, father of zombies is right. gone. Uh, but yeah. So while, then, while we're on the topic, um, the lead singer of Linkin yep. Park died too. Yeah. Oh yeah, today. Super that sad about that. that, you know, because that was that was the first album I ever bought was Hybrid Theory, and uh, I, j- I listened to it today, like twice, <laughs> and then I listened to Meteor, which is <laughs> an amazing album. Also, Reanimation is okay. I'm yeah, I think that. most people went through a Linkin Park phase. Yeah, sure. I think most most everyone our age. I think. <laughs> yeah, I remember a lot of Lincoln Park playing in in friends' houses while we were you know playing video games and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Mountain Dew of music, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> our main topic this week is Reefer Madness, and it's weird growth from propaganda film to on stage musical to made for TV musical. 
Uh, basic plot summary for Reefer Madness. A trio of drug dealers lead innocent teenagers to become addicted to reefer cigarettes by holding wild parties with jazz music. Oh, <laughs> that jazz music. Uh, jazz and then... <clears throat> Plot summary for the musical, an outrageous tongue-in-cheek musical comedy adaptation of the classical anti-marijuana propaganda film Reefer Madness. Uh, so I'm going to kind of get into the history of Reefer Madness a little bit, but it's important to note that the history of the film is actually still a little controversial, like exactly who made it. And, and even what and year. What year, yeah. yeah. Like there, there's, there's some fuzzy facts. So we're presenting it here to the best of our ability and knowledge and research, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so uh, according to sources, Reefer Madness was made in 1936. It was directed by Louis J. Glasnier and originally produced by George Herleman, but was eventually purchased by Dwayne Esper, an exploitation filmmaker. Um uh, supposedly, it was originally produced by a church group that wanted to teach parents about the perils of cannabis use. <laughs> so, which makes some sense on why the characters are so like pure, you know, and I mean? religious, and looking, religious, yeah, and exactly, feeling and every all of the above. Yeah, and <laughs> the women are kind of like stereotypical for the time, and like, yeah, are you right. giving me guff, <laughs> <laughs> woman? So sit down. Funny. Dude, it was classic, like, church women. Like, it was, like, churchy Seriously. women. And ch- even, like, the drug dealers. They were, It was, like, churchy women and churchy men. They were just, yeah. like, bad versions of... Totally. You know? But, like, the power dynamic was, like, the same. Sweater vests, suits, you know, dresses that covered, like, every part of the body. Like, there was just... Right. Yeah, low yeah. cut. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, it wasn't until Esper bought the film that it became more, quote, salacious, which generally which <laughs> means basically, like, filled with more, like, excessive, like, sex and those sex themes and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Like, the rape. The good and, stuff. And stuff like that. The um, stuff, the reason you watch movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> basically yeah. the only reason. Um, <laughs> so, Esper distributed the film through a circuit, like an exploitation film circuit, uh, changing the name depending on where the film was being shown. Right. So there were four names that went by. It went by Reefer Madness, Doped Youth, Tell Your Children, and The Burning Question. Um, <laughs> I like The Burning Question. God. I think that one's my favorite. That one's actually pretty solid. I think that's a good... I mean, I like <laughs> Reefer Madness the most, uh, but The Burning Question, I, th- I just think that's kind of clever. It's a nice little pun. Yeah, it's um, a good pun. So this happened in the 40s until Albert Dizzle purchased the rights in 1951 and began a series of roadshow showings. So film was shown for a really long time. Um, like 15-ish, 10 to 15 years or something like that. Wow. Which is just bizarre for a movie. <laughs> Longer than Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat Reefer Madness uh, Avatar. Can't nope. win all the records. <laughs> uh, so when Reefer Madness was made, there wasn't really any concept of distribution past showing the movie in theaters. So the original filmmakers never worried about protecting the copyright of the film and like the distribution rights and everything that comes after showing it. So this actually led to invalidating the copyright uh, and the film was basically in the public domain, like, almost right away. In fact, I was reading that at one point, I can't remember when, at one point in the film's lifetime, Esper actually went to court claiming he had the rights, but because of how badly it was botched, <laughs> he lost that court case. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
That's so, he just wanted that money. Yeah, exactly. So Getting I that mean, dollar. Reefer Madness is accessible. I mean, wherever it's in the public domain, still I'm yeah. pretty sure. So at least yes, the original one. The colorized version is actually owned by Lionsgate. Is that the one where, like, every time they take a drag and the smoke comes the out, smoke like, comes out of color? Yeah, the, well, the whole colorized restored oh, I version. Thought it was, I thought it was Warner. <clears throat> or maybe. Warner. There was two companies, I think, that helped, like, restore it. I can't remember exactly. So I, I didn't write that one down. Looking it up. Um, so when... Uh, when, yeah, so the the copyright. Uh, this invalidated the copyright in 1972. Oh, so it's basically, Fox. Oh, Fox. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, so that version's actually owned by someone and copyrighted. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the film kind of fell away into, you know, got lost to history, basically. And then in 1972, Keith Stroop, the founder of Normal, N-O-R-M-L, which is like the pro-marijuana group... <laughs> Uh, found a copy of it in the Library of Congress, bought it, and used it as part of a fundraising campaign for the California Marijuana Initiative to help legalize marijuana. <laughs> Which I bet just pissed those. Uh, the, I bet. Like, if I bet. The, like, oh my god, that's just awesome. And at the time, it's it the helped. Best. He he ch- he charged one dollar for admission and helped raise about sixteen thousand towards their cause. So, wow. Yeah, people were itching to see it, um, which is. You know, kind of cool, like turning it on its head. I guess itching like all those marijuana addicts, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> itching their neck. Just yeah, <laughs> Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. I love um, that. Even if a church financed this movie, like the the, the uh, just the fact that it got turned around on on them, right, is just absolutely amazing, and really speaks to the type of person that weed attracts. Because I feel like. People who are who get high, they like that kind of comedy. You know, yeah, they totally. like they like uh, <laughs> you know they they like it. They like getting made fun of. They like bullshit, and that's that's what this is. Is just the, pure bullshit. That's the, offensive to me. <laughs> Good. To this new this new reefer Frenchie kid over here, <laughs> Frenchie. Uh, the movie's also really simple too, so it's not like it's hard. You know what I mean? Like you get high, it's like oh, I can follow this movie type of thing. Right. Um, no, it's super easy. So, during this, like, showing by Keith Stroop, Robert Shea, so this is going to connect us back to a couple of our episodes, too. Robert Shea, the founder of New Line Cinema, heard about this series of showings and went to see it. Uh, he noticed the, uh, during the showing, he noticed the improper copyright and realized it was in the public domain, so he acquired an original print and began the national distribution of the film. <laughs> Quote, making a small fortune for New Line. <laughs> new Line is at it again. I know, right? What's How- with all this new... That new Line must... They were doing a lot of shit right. Totally. we brought New Line up a lot. Totally. Before they were owned by... Who are they owned by? Who are they owned by now? Oh, they're owned by... Uh, who are they owned by? Uh, oh, Warner. Okay, yeah. They're Warner Brothers, yeah. Yeah. So this is like, you know, just before they did Evil Dead, basically, which also helped them gain notoriety, um, obviously. So, that you know, crazy how that New Line kind of just fits in. Making, I know I was going to say. Making funny. good decisions, you know. Yeah. The, the <laughs> irony there. Totally. <laughs> right. Yeah, because yeah. this guy was, like, trying to turn it on the churches. And then, <laughs> and then in comes New Line and, like, actually, you fucked up. We're tagging this. Yep. They had the uh, national network for it, so 
Uh, what a, this is just a bunch of assholes. That's, that's basically <laughs> that's this what bu- this is. Created by assholes, of- rerun by assholes, rerun again by assholes. <laughs> I mean, it's the definition of exploitation, though. Like, it literally is like they're just exploiting, like, essentially a free product to make money off yeah, of it for various right? reasons. Right? So, I mean, this is like one of the original, like, exploitation, like, cult classic <laughs> films. Like, it just, it's funny. Right? Even uh, though it's terrible. Um, <laughs> so... Reefer Madness, the Reefer Madness, the movie musical, uh, was made in 2005 and was directed by Andy Fickman and written by Kevin Murphy and Dan Studney. The film stars Kristen Bell, Christian Campbell, Robert Torty, and John Kassir, who all reprised their roles from the stage version, which was an off-Broadway play. Directed uh, by the same guy, too, right? Andy Fickman? Yep. Okay. Cool. Didn't know that one. Uh, it also stars Alan Cumming and Anna Gaster. Gaster. Uh, Alan Cumming was the the government official who shows up to show the movie, and uh, Anna Gaster was the chick who is married to Jack or whatever. He was coming to get you. Nice. <laughs> nice. That, that was dumb. <laughs> so according was to... Good. <laughs> We're just going to just go right past that. Uh, according to writer Dan Studney, <laughs> the idea for the film came to him during a drive with Kevin Murphy from Oakland to Los Angeles. Many. Oh, so basically like what happened was they were listening to, um, I think, Frank Zappa's Joe's yeah. Garage or something. And they were like, you know, brainstorming on how to turn that song like into like a musical piece, basically, or like a stage piece. And then Studney was like, wait a minute what if we did Reefer Madness as a musical? Which I'm sure is not as cut and dry as that, but that's basically what he's his own out of his own mouth. Like They were, they were probably uh, cutting high, though, probably. <laughs> yeah, getting high, <laughs> driving from Oakland to L.A. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, many of the actors and actresses in the film actually sang the musical pieces, which is cool. Um, Kristen Bell has an awesome voice, and yeah, everyone knows it now because of Frozen. We were wondering about, like, when we were watching it, we were wondering if she was actually singing or not. I think the only person I thought was obviously not singing was Anna Gasteer. That's that's what I thought, too. But I thought that also. Yeah. There's something about the way she was not projecting. Yeah, I mean, either way. Anyway, so, like, she may have been singing, but, like, on the. Yeah. In the scenes, it didn't. It didn't feel like it. Like, she had it. Yeah. And then they went over and, and dubbed over. Yeah. Um, so, uh, at the time, the musical numbers in the film were some of the most complex to ever be filmed for a TV movie. Uh, it required full collaboration from the whole crew, from the director to the production designer to the cinematographer, basically everyone who had a major say in aspects of the film were a part of getting it made. Uh, actually 800 costumes were created by workers in Lithuania. And 400 dancers were auditioned for the 30 dancer slots. I heard, too, that a lot of the dancers are uh, actual strippers. Yes, that was the next thing. <laughs> or, oh, the, oh, oh sorry. No, that was one of the... I have two little factoids. That oh, was one oh of them. you so had it in the, in the Jesus oh, scene. Okay. Like, apparently yes. a couple of the angels are actually Vegas strippers or Vegas showgirls. <laughs> Dude, it like makes that. so much sense. The, the Jesus scene is, like, more erotic than the devil scene. <laughs> totally. Totally, and it's you know, like, oh, I don't know. It's there's it was like more nudity. No, not nudity, but there's more like nudie bodies. You know, so, m- the women are. 
I feel like it goes on for longer too, like because then there's yeah. like that scene where there's like Kristen, like when Kristen Bell finally does smokes it for the first time, and she's like suddenly like a leather dominatrix or whatever, right? You know, like that I scene like was that. like shorter than that was good. <laughs> Byron Sarah, <Park. laughs> Byron's like, yeah, that was on repeat in my he house. He had to put down the ice cream for that <laughs> quite a while, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the other fun fact here is that... I'm getting the butternut out. Butternut <laughs> ice cream. So, during the orgy dance number, um, one of the dancers is, in reality, director Andy Fickman's wife. And then another dancer is Christian Campbell's real-life girlfriend. So, Christian Campbell was uh, the main guy. I can't remember his name. Jimmy, um, I think. Jimmy. Yeah, He's Jimmy. the main kid. So Maybe his girlfriend Jimmy. and the director's wife were part or in the orgy dance number scene. <laughs> right. Um, Maybe, yeah. And then since the film was shot in Canada, the remaining dancers uh, were actually just a bunch of Canadian strippers. <laughs> so that, that's that's amazing. <laughs> Canadian strippers. <laughs> because what? it was filmed in Canada. Because it was all filmed in yeah. Vancouver. <laughs> Because they have that's, to hire Canadians. That's Except almost for, as bad as French strippers. <laughs> Mazel be French Canadian. Oh <laughs> so yeah, that's actually I don't know if we've ever touched on that before, but there's like only a certain number, like certain uh, roles. Like you have to either be a producer, director, actor, or I think like the writer. Essentially, you have to be above the line. So like above the line and below the line, there's only like six, five to six um, movie roles or whatever that that are above the line everyone else like cinematographer on down is all below the line um so if you're above the line you're allowed to work in canada even if you're not a canadian but if you're below the line you have to be canadian oh interesting lines. we um, should talk about that and i'd be curious what movies we come up with to discuss with that. some exception obviously there's always exceptions to this so right. you know yeah i'm curious about the history of that maybe we can find the movies that started that idea of, yeah, that'd of be cool. Below. Oh god, yeah, above and really below the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we could find something good for that, it's a it's an accounting thing. Like when you look at the breakdown for what people get paid, there's like a there's like five slots and then a thick line, and then and everything you know. That's and then everyone from. else, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we'll have to so, find a good movie for those. The other fun fact: this film premiered at the Sundance Film Festival <laughs> in 2005. <laughs> Makes so, sense. What the fuck? Yeah. How did this made-for-TV movie get shown at Sundance? Yeah. Well, I bet you Come back Chris to Nolan hated it. <laughs> like, this belongs on TV. Probably. This shouldn't be at Sundance. Yeah. He's probably like, my Memento film's way better. Memento <laughs> is so much did better than Did it come the guys. same? Oh, no, no, no. no. This is 2005. 2005, 2005 would have been 2001. Batman Begins, right? Yeah. yeah. Memento's 2001, I think. I'm already the but best director. Reefer Madness. <laughs> so yeah. why is this TV musical movie uh, next to my right. movie at Sundance, man? This is like a lesser film. Except for he would say it in his British, you know, because he's British, obviously. Oh, man. Ew. I just, I gotta get over that. That just pisses me <laughs> off, but we'll get over it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's my spiel with um, these two, you know, movies that we had to watch because <laughs> Jacob decided we wanted, we were going to watch them. I know this is. All, I'm surprised. I just snuck it in there. I'm surprised you guys just rolled with it. Because we have to mix it up, man. We can't just watch the same stuff. 
I want to I want to jump into reviews now. I want to. I want to. Yeah, I think we might. Say. I think. I mean, we, I don't have much more to say because I the honestly movie, think we might have to start with reviews to, to further the discussion. I mean, yeah, probably. All right, let's do it. I mean, Keep, you start. there's like there's not a lot of background on the productions of these movies, so that's the other issue. Is like like you said, like the first one is like generally I mean, a lot of the, the history is lost to history. I guess we can talk, you know, we can discuss the, like, maybe, like, the differences and similarities of the two and how it's interesting, um, how we have this exploitation 1930s film and then how someone took, you know, that idea and then made a musical out of it and, like, and, like, how that could be cool. But, but yeah, I think we might need to start with the, the reviews first. Yes, let's do it. Keith, what do you think? (laughs) What are your thoughts? They're both stupid. (laughs) I just I knew it, dude. I don't like. That's why I picked him. I saw. I wa- okay, I watched. I watched both of these in school. I don't remember which classes, but I know I watched. Both it was trash cin- cinema. I was in your class, but we didn't watch both of them, though. Yeah, we did. Well, well maybe think... we didn't watch the original one, but we watched the 2005. One. Was it the musical? And then yeah, I watched the other one, and I don't remember where I watched it, but I've seen both, and I watched the colorized version this time. Oh, she's actually kind of cool because I, I love what they did with like the purple and green smoke. Like the every time that like depending on who's smoking it, it'll be like green or it'll be purple. And, like, <laughs> yeah, wow. it's like a, it's like mood smoke, right? Yeah, like, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. It's really, so that's kind of funny, and they did a really good job on the colorized like version. And so you know whatever, but I just dude, I'm not. A, I just can't get into musicals. Even like the whole beginning of the musical is like him singing, and it's all these zombies attacking people, and I'm just kind of like rolling my eyes a little bit but oh, to be man. fair there i did laugh at some parts and like you know did you like the romeo and juliet scene where they're singing about shakespeare no of course not that was what? why not stupid dude, dude that's hella funny the best well i guess the best part of that scene was when uh shake they had shakespeare as like the officiant or whatever <laughs> and they're like yeah. talking about the ending of the story and he's just rolling his eyes like because they clearly haven't read because the they have the no idea right yeah Dude, I don't like musicals, man. I don't like people breaking out into fucking songs in the middle of a fucking like movie. Like, all right, qu- question for you. Question. We're moving on from reviews now. Oh, I didn't even we're moving on. Wait, I haven't even done my review yet. Well, hang on a second. I just have a question. Okay, a question yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith. Thank you. I okay, keep. <laughs> question for you, and there's 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 no wrong answer to this, and there might not even be an answer. But if you were to if you were to redo this movie. Like redo Reefer Madness in the same kind of vein that Reefer Madness movie musical did it, and you did it without music. How would you, how would you remake it as a spoof without music? Like, is that even possible? That's what I'm asking you. To me or to Keith? Or yeah, I guess either one of you. Spin it into because I I have my answer. You just spin it into like a genre comedy, essentially, and like. They've already, I mean, I don't know. I think you can do a couple of different things. I mean, you could make it silent, and it'd be like a slapstick type of thing. You could do that. The or problem you is, could... is, how do you make it not parody or not tongue-in-cheek? Like, do you, like, are you wanting well, it, it to... it has to be an adaptation. Wait, so you want it to be goofy, or... No, I, all, all I'm, I, I guess, when I, the reason I, I lo- like this movie so much is because they successfully adapted this bullshit movie into something that um, was super tongue-in-cheek, but in, in, in a really obvious and, and, and funny way, you know? Like, it's it's funny to just watch it because it's 
it's wearing the bullshit you know what i mean and it's and it's and it 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 makes references to like old exploitation and and like william castle even like the guy is like very william castle at the beginning you know um i would take the money and run and not make the movie and make the movie i wanted to make and flip everyone off while i was doing it right (laughs) right i don't know dude that's i don't know i i just wouldn't i guess it just Just wouldn't wouldn't. be on my radar no that's a good answer like i don't know maybe can maybe a musical is the only way to do it i i that's what i I, I think i guess i think only a musical I think I'd have to make it, like, way more extreme. Like, way more melodramatic in the sense of, like... People ripping their faces off because they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, make it it super, super ridiculous. Like, it could be serious, but, like, serious in that, like, so over-the-top way that it's like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Do it in the style of Tarantino. Or, like, even kind of like (laughs) The Room, you know? Or, you know what I mean? Like The Room. Like The Room, where it's, like, it's so, like, overly... Well, it's a little different than the room because he was actually trying to like make like the greatest film ever made. But like, <laughs> did he not? Did he not? He made sure one he of did. the most well-known movies ever made. So, but but <laughs> like, make it so that it was like over overly serious, which then becomes funny. Yeah, yeah right. That's, that's good. Like that's that's good, that's, yeah. that's how yeah. I would do. Like it. it's it's so yeah. Like you you can tell the tone is serious, but you're still like, like and okay I would ha- like to do and to do it. I'd have to like basically act as like yes, I am making a super serious movie. Like I'd have right. to like I'd have to probably get into like a role as a director to <clears> like be like no guys, let's like this is serious. Like, like a super dry, right, yeah, right. yeah, like super like, dry. Yeah, when you go to yeah, yeah, super yeah. British, like all serious. Yeah, like, no, like right. yeah. <laughs> that's how I'd have to do it. If I if right. I if I like had like to, holy like holy grail sort of a thing, like that kind of like if I had a really uh, Monty Python kind of humor. Sort yeah, of thing. like if I had to remake it, that's what I would do with it. So what's your answer? Oh, that's pretty smart. Oh, my answer was I thought that the, that uh, I I wouldn't. I I think the musical version is is the the only the, way to redo the, it. But now that you're talking about this other way, I, I guess I could kind of see that too. Um, but my original answer was musical. I just wanted to see Keith since you didn't like it. I just wanted to see where you're where you you went. I was, thinking, I was just curious about where you went with well, it. Well, I was thinking that the plot would be interesting to do as, like, a short horror film because the plot is so fucking obvious, but it's still, like, if you were to twist that into, like, a really, really dark heroin den and shoot it, like, one location, like, this kid going into this heroin den or something, like, right. you know, I could see that playing off it, as, like, a horror movie. Yeah, because then you're going cool. more, like, rec- Wrecking for a Dream yeah, territory exactly. there, yeah, you know, yeah. which is a lot better. Yeah, the ending I, especially, you know? I uh, <laughs> I honestly don't know where to begin on how much I on all the things that I <laughs> you loved it that I you loved it did not like about the musical oh, and, no. and the original. I'm, I'm by myself. <laughs> Finally, I'm, so, I'm soloing. So I feel like I'm normally soloing. Though, no so bullshit. I, well, no, wait. What? No, no, you're not. You and Byron. Byron is usually like, wow, I kind of actually like this movie. Like, there, yeah. I, I like don't how to marry a millionaire. This That's is what def- I'm thinking of. This is well, def- yeah, that was all right. This is definitely my 
least favorite films that we've watched so far. <laughs> Good. By, by a, quite a wide margin. So I think we're all in, vo- in favor of Jacob not picking movies. I guess, anymore. like, I guess what? <laughs> well, really... Hey, God, we need these movies. <laughs> so I, need like, them. I know. We the the thing about the first film is what I okay. I, I liked part of it in the sense that it's a thir- 1936 film. You know, it, it has a cool history behind the whole thing. Like, right. I, I forgave everything like that. It was fun. It was it, funny. It, has its it was cult, like right. following. You know, yeah, like yeah, it's ironic cult following. However, the musical the kind of bothered type of cult me. following. Ironic cult following. <laughs> I watch it because it's ironic. I like it because it's ironic, dude. That's why people <laughs> watch it though. They got high and watched it ironically and enjoyed it. Like the musical kind of bothered me, and and probably not the ways that you think that I'm not gonna like it. Like you know what I mean? Like uh, okay. There there are some merits that it has, but at the same time, I kind of there was a lot of things that just bothered me. I did not like okay, the lighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. not like the lighting. The lighting seemed way too stagey, which I can you, you someone can say, oh, it was meant to look like that. It's like okay, that that's very that 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 could, that could be a valid point. It seemed like it was let up like a play, which I right. <laughs> realizing that it was a play first and that it was directed by the same guys. Like right. okay, that's but, maybe but that didn't it didn't work for you. It didn't it didn't work that style of lighting. At least for me, it's it didn't, not that it, it felt cheap. Work. It's just that it felt cheap and it didn't work yeah it, it just did yeah. not not for me um i can kind of see where they're going like it i can i can play devil's advocate with this movie though that's that's the thing is for me personally it didn't work however i can see how people could defend it which i found when i was watching it that's what kept me watching it because i was like okay i really don't like this however i can see because i was kind of watching it through your eyes too a little bit because I, I knew that you liked it so it's cute I was I, I was keep, I was keeping an open mind to it um, more so than I would normally. However, I could not help but like be like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" The only one of the <laughs> only reasons why I kept watching it was because of all the like the semi, you know, naked ladies. I'm not gonna lie. Like seriously, like there was like one one of them. The that obligation to the podcast like, is not a good enough right. reason for there, you. It's the naked like, chicks. There, there was like there was like one girl, especially where I was like, man, she's pretty cute. Like maybe she'll be a dancer on the next scene. You Wait, know, you talking about the uh, the blonde with the short curly hair? No, the super she, sexy lady with the red lipstick. No, she's like a brunette. The one who falls down the stairs and she's who keeps running into things. She's like a brunette. <laughs> she's like so dumb. But, yeah, but yeah. Anyway. And then, Wait, which like, Burnett? There was like a lot of I don't know how to. I, I oh, don't know. Just like ra- random Canadian there, she, strippers. Yeah, she was like in the background. Yeah, she didn't. Have, she was. She was like. A, she was probably like you know a week player or whatever. Like not a, a day player. A, like yeah, or, or maybe a week player. Yeah, like not a. I've never heard that term. Week I, I player. just. I just made yes, it. That up. makes sense. Oh. <laughs> but I like if that's used. And like I don't know. Like I a lot of things bother me. Like the main actor, he just bothered me. Like the way. I've never been a fan of his acting. I've never been a fan of him in any movie I've ever seen him in. And I, I, he just seemed like way over the top. Like I understood the type of acting he was trying to go for with that type of old style, except right. it just seemed way too like overdone. It was overdone, which yeah. again, like you can overdo stuff and that could have been something that they all wanted. The filmmakers could have wanted that. Right. It just didn't work for me. Like, yeah, yeah. There's like a fine line, you know, and it went over all the fine lines for me. You know what I mean? Cuz like I can I can appreciate like I love satires, I love parodies, I love this type of movie in the sense of like being kind of tongue in cheek and 
it just it just didn't quite I don't know how to explain it but but you right. know and I don't have it's a problem with musicals bad. like <laughs> like I don't and I, I don't have a problem with musicals I, I I enjoy a lot of musicals um and like the singing and stuff like was okay it, and that was a redeeming quality where I was like wow the, it's cool that most of the actors are actually using their own voices to sing it's not like they didn't even and, and they're good singers too yeah it's yeah. not like it, it, it wasn't like land. not listenable and stuff and um right just uh, that little jab at la la land out of nowhere <laughs> and, and, and like i mean and there there's a funny part there's a few parts that i laughed at for sure like one of my favorite lines was the the the, the blonde chick right the 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 slut chick <laughs> she was like the her first, one of her first lines was like Something to the effect of like I was like a napkin. I was on a lot of nap. Uh, I was in a lot of laps last night. I was, or yes, like that. I, I love like that line. More laps yeah. than a napkin. Yeah, that's it. I was right. like, I was I, like, wait, are you sharing napkins? Wait, yeah, you that, napkin? that was a pretty good about? line. I was like, I'm going to remember that. That was pretty good. I thought that line that was, was stupid because like I immediately was wondering like, what are you like? <laughs> I, I was wondering more about the the like <laughs> like. I don't know. Like how napkins work? <laughs> more, yeah. Like, are you sharing napkins? Is this just a reusable napkin? Like, I was spending more time thinking not about the joke. That should have started the joke. It's like, really, totally that's the, whole... the entire point. <laughs> oh, God. So, I mean, that's amazing. Was, what kind of a napkin? Like was it the Kroger? Is it the cheap Kroger brand or was it a good brand? Was Am it I like wiping my mouth and wiping your mouth with the one I just <laughs> right. wiped and then setting it on your lap and then taking it back and putting it on my lap? Like, yeah. What? what? Yeah, it, like I mean, so I mean, there were some parts that were a lot funny and stuff, and I I did enjoy the um, the the dancing ladies and um, but like I I don't the know dancing girls. I don't re- I don't regret like watching the movie. I thought it was interesting and especially paired with this original 1936 film, it was kind of cool to see kind of a, a completely different spin on it and and the similarities. You know, you had like the maniacal like addict dude, you know, and. You had the lady that's like, oh, don't, don't, I don't want to corrupt him. He looks 15, you know, and then in the original, there was the guy that's like, oh, don't bring the young kids over to the, you know, the flat or whatever. Um, So there were a lot of cool things that they did that were, the writers were, you know, they did, you know, an intelligent job adapting elements of the original into their new, you know, movie musical. (laughs) Right. So, like, I, I don't want to be, all, like, completely negative on it. I mean, and I guess another – this is terrible. Another thing that I hated is some of the dance numbers. Like, I you said those intricate dance numbers and stuff. To me, they seem so, like – They seem bland. They seem super bland to me. And, like, right. like the like, it's like you could tell their setup. There was, like, a four-camera setup or something, you know? It was, like, there was one camera, like – filming their feet one camera that was like the wide angle right. there was one camera that it was, was, it was like, like sitcom yeah yeah exactly yeah. which again someone could probably have a good theory and say oh it was probably meant to look like that which yeah i mean p- possibly it just you could it, mean to look like something yeah. and it's still it just seemed and, it, dumb. and it still sucks yeah, yeah, yeah it just like, seemed cheap and it just seemed uh right. unorganic it didn't felt like if maybe the camera was more loose or something that that would actually do more for the fact that these characters are unhinged you know what i mean like the majority of the romeo or the uh, the romeo and juliet song number was shot reverse shot of them right. standing next right. to the altar it just got boring to watch like what it got boring to watch like and i wanted like half of it was them walking down the porch like down the stairs like and, <laughs> right and i understand that this was his probably and, and they and they transported into like with different costumes and stuff, like they, yeah, there was more than just the costumes shot, were cool. Shot. The costumes it was were shot cool. reverse shot. That's literally what it was. Like, no, it wasn't. 
That most of that sequence was like them standing by the altar, and then you get Shakespeare rolling his eyes, and so it was like wide shot, reverse, wide shot, reverse, shot, reverse, wide. You know, like yeah, it was like it was like A B A B A C B A. Yeah, right. Okay, well, I agree with that, but it's not shot, reverse shot. <laughs> right. There's there's some wide shots, and then they... <laughs> I, <laughs> there's a, it was shot, reverse shot, wide shot. Reverse shot, shot, reverse shot. Shot, reverse shot. shot's in there, though. There's still, like... Uh, it's, well, yeah, okay, don't, okay. Shot, reverse shot is in every movie. I've had my own, like, opinions about shot, reverse shot, but I understand that it Bring works. It. it, like, exists and still used because it works. How else are you going to, like, have a conversation right. between two people? It's like... Right. Okay, I get it, but it's nothing that is like outstanding. Like when you have most of your song number is shot reverse shot. That's like, I don't know what to do here, guys. So let's just do this. You know what I mean? Like, right? Like it's, it felt like the director had no fucking idea what else to do. I, yeah, and I think it, this is this is not a cinematographer's movie. <laughs> I think that's. I think a cinematographer probably loved it though, like the way to light it and like all the different movements it's you probably have to have super and, like, simple think yeah about how to like light all cuz like there were other scenes Maybe. where there, were, there was more movement and like the first scene where it was like noir dark and the zombies attack like there was cool lighting with that and like I, I, right and there was that one scene with like all the red lighting and stuff um, yeah when the they're beginning. dancing yeah yeah like, they're dancing in the soda shop yeah and like i yeah. just i but there were like red and like i just didn't like the bulbs they were using for those, because it, it ended up being more pink than red, but I could tell they were going for red, but it came off pink, and I was just like, right. It just and, and it, things were it, that felt stagey too. That it, whole it scene. did, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, you know, and and it probably boils down to the fact that the director is a thea- theater director. He this is my, this is probably his first film that he did, and he no, just probably you know what the other film, more recent film he's done. Don't look it up, Jacob. I'm guess. not looking it up. It was a okay, film. I looked one. it up. God My bad. I won't guess. I won't guess. <laughs> it was Race to Which Mountain with The Rock. He fucking really? directed that movie. Yeah, huh. I that's never like the only it, other big movie that he's made. Wow, well, which is which well, is another on, is, that's, is, that's which is a true. remake that's of a TV movie yeah. by Disney. You know, he's the made most, other movies. The most recent movie he made was Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. Oh. No way. Yeah. <laughs> that says it all right there. That says it. That says it all right there. He's got one coming out too. But then if you list his early movies, it's like you've never even heard of him. Like where did this Who, guy come who's your, from? Who's your daddy? Which is the uh some weird movie. Who's your daddy? By Fox. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it looks like Who's Your Daddy Unrated. It looks, um... Oh, the unrated version, that's where it's at. Teen, it's a teen sex comedy. Folks, that's where it's at. Came at 2005. You, prob- you probably see, like, two seconds more of, like, you know, boob. He did She's the Man. That's a good movie. <laughs> She's the Man, the Amanda Bynes joint. Never seen it. Really? Never heard of it. It's not the worst. <laughs> <laughs> There's worse movies. I hate you guys. <laughs> I'm just letting you, just, you know, barely stay afloat this with is, that this one. This is my podcast. This is my podcast. I, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, interesting. Uh, <laughs> All interesting right. double feature here. Okay, Jacob, let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, I, I hate both these movies. You guys know that. <laughs> 
you circle jerk yourself all over these movies. <laughs> you just no, love I, the fact that we had to watch these movies. I I love I love that. You, you know guys, what I was thinking? That Sorry. you guys had to watch these. I, had, I, had to, I have to interject this. <laughs> he was getting his kicks off just knowing that we were yeah, like suffering through. And I knew he was. And I was almost considering altering our schedule and just doing like an extreme cinema episode right after this. And I watching like Solo and Serbian film. And I just laughing like... Let's let's fuck it. Let's just let's just do Serbian film next, and we'll just watch. Yeah. You know, I'd be down. A whole new level of violent sex scenes. Uh, Serbian film is uh, amazing. Honestly, I almost like when I was getting ready for this podcast. I almost thought you guys had were like in cahoots and had watched something else that we're going to do. <laughs> we should have. Like, dang. Like it. I was like, I hope they actually watched Damn it because even we talked about it earlier, and you guys were like, yeah, I'm watching the the rape scene and stuff, and I was like, oh, I think they might be planning something, but I should have known you guys weren't that smart. I should I should have known. <laughs> oh, Jesus. oh, it's on now. It's just my I'm pouring my heart and soul, and I believe in this podcast, so I'm yeah, watching yeah. what we say we're watching. You know, we right. we I'm sacrificed. <laughs> We sacrificed our our ourselves for the podcast. We love this podcast so much. So I guess it says a lot to you that you know that you about you that you really thought that we. Don't, that I, we I, I, I thought it was a possibility. I was again, born to the joke. Then again, you know, uh, I'm the only one that hasn't done another podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, the purest. You're the purest over here. I'm kidding. Well, Dude, I'm, I can't I'm not wait kidding. But I was, I, was, I, was, I was just you know. Just being on, funny. On uh, tw- 24 f- uh, Flames Per Second, the other podcast. Plug in it. Oh, yeah. I have My episode didn't should you be do coming that? out soon. Didn't you do that like four weeks ago? Yeah, they get them in the hall. So they, they get like, they have like eight in the hall. So in case they have to miss like a week or something, they can still uh, just keep coming out with them. I see. Because they're not, they're not time-based. Kind of like, we, we like occasionally will do like a theater one you know what i mean so we just release them when when they're done editing they're but they going, hold on to them they're going with the binge listen style see what i'm hoping is that eventually we'll be able to interact with people so like on a week we would need to do a weekly basis because like yeah if we're getting emails in i want to be able to answer emails like like right away yeah, yeah. and then have it on the next episode that type of thing so like that's why i'm trying really hard to do the at least yeah I, know, I like weekly. how we're doing it i think it's i think it's fine yeah um, but uh, but anyways, I, I I love Reefer Madness the musical. The I actually hadn't seen Reefer Madness before um, today because I watched it today. Oh, so you hadn't seen the original, uh, huh? I hadn't seen the original, and honestly, like seeing the original made me appreciate the musical more because I I didn't realize how much in, like how much of an ab- adaptation it was. Um, so like suddenly the the Shakespeare song was like absolutely hilarious to me. Like it just, <laughs> it, it brought this whole other level in um, just the creativity it takes to uh, write that song and like come up with the, you know, the clever, you know, the, the wittiness of the song and, and, and really a lot of the songs. I just, I came to appreciate it more. And honestly, the, the the parts at the end where it's like, everyone starts dying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That like was... suddenly I was like, Okay, like that's not as jarring, you know, because that's kind of a weird. It, it felt out of place, but that's because it, it's out of place in Reefer Madness when people just start dying because they're trying to like teach someone a lesson. And I, um, I, like the part when the Jimmy's in like prison and they're like, you know, falling in love with the guys. 
Yeah, yeah and he's like, I thought that someone was takes someone takes his soap and drops it for him. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and he has to go pick it up. So much, yeah. Like, that was pretty funny. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I laughed out Dude, loud. There's a, a lot of like fucked up oh, jokes in this movie. Like of... the, the Asian woman when they're talking about like eating babies or eating, uh, yeah, eating babies. Like, you guys don't eat babies, right? And he's like, Hey, you ready for dinner? And then then it cuts back to like the 19. 19- like 40s or whatever and they all look at the Asian woman in the back and she just like slouches down <laughs> in her chair it's like that is like a really fucked up Pushing joke yeah. but that's like Jesus and like with a baby is in it's like little baby carrier thing and that lady puts it on the oven and it like catches on fire, <laughs> catches on fire. And, then, and then like and then it just goes on continuing with like the dialogue scene in the other room and right. then and then it comes back and like the carrier's all like on fire and and, and she like puts it out and the baby is like squawks and so she's like oh it's okay and then like he just yeah. moves on to the next no scene. harm no foul <laughs> yeah like st- stuff like that I was like that is kind of funny I mean it's dumb but it's kind of funny it was some dark yeah. humor no it is dumb yeah, yeah it's, movie, d- it's sure. dumb dark humor yeah and I think that's why I like it so much because it has all these these really campy jokes yeah you know like throughout the entire thing like even like when the after the the late the lady who's like getting abused by her husband after she kills her <laughs> husband with the and just gets blood all over her face like yeah. splattered like splattered all over her face then she goes out to go meet the president and then for the rest of the movie she has blood all over the her face. like yeah that to me that's fucking hilarious that's genius no it was it was good it's stupid but it's funny yeah the stuff like that was good um i did like the dark humor aspect of it um yeah. and i did and, and watching it like i said earlier like i i did i was like you know what i i, I can see why jacob likes this you know movie right like, i picked up on all the things that i thought that you'd find that i funny. would enjoy yeah, yeah for sure but honestly like the music itself for me just just works and like you know i have the you know the the playlist uh on spotify and i listen sometimes i'll listen to it in the car and just sing along you know that's that's kind of the type of person i am you know i sing i sing to disney sometimes you know a lot of the times, actually, but, you know, I like. I just like it. Like you know, yeah, the musicals. That's cool. You like, I mean, it's you cool. bring it home with you. You know, I listen to <clears throat> compositions too. You know, like I, I have, um, you know, The Incredibles. I, I really like their composition. You know, Dark Knight, obviously, like that's super cool. Um, God, it's uh, now that I think about it, it's pretty rare for me to actually do that. Like, listen to a movie soundtrack. I like, listen yeah. to movie soundtracks all I the love time. It. I don't do it as love much it. as I like because I don't. I don't know. It wasn't until more recently that I started to understand the importance of music in movies. So then I kind right. of like, so like Neon Demon obviously has like an amazing soundtrack. And um, oh yeah, who did that one? Fucking a! What's the other one? Uh, <laughs> who did uh, Neon the, the, Demon? the music the... or the director? Uh, the the director. I, I can't remember who it was. Oh my god! Uh, but also Fury <laughs> Road. It? Fury Road was it a, uh, Chris Miller? No, Phil Lord. Lord no. Miller. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're not speaking to you. <laughs> Mad they, Max they did Neon Demon. I'm pretty sure Mad Max and Neon Demon were like some of the only two that I've had, like, you know, obtained more recently. I feel like there was another one, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, like, yeah, I don't generally. I don't know. Like most, I guess most soundtracks are generic enough to where I don't like focus on it like you can always t- there's like that cinematic music right that a lot of movies use so it's like well what yeah, do I want to do it's, differently it's background it complements yeah. the picture and you need the picture to to see it but right. there's there's some soundtracks that are out there that 
are leading, you know, like Star Wars, like the Imperial um, Imperial March. Oh, like course, that's yeah. that's leading the the picture, you know. The yeah. picture isn't leading the music. Jurassic Park. It's, I was actually just I was Jurassic humming Park. the Jurassic a lot Park of, one recently. A lot of reason. John Williams like they give John Williams time to like sit on top of the movie and lead the movie. Oh, Requiem for a Dream soundtrack is actually really yeah. good. Clint Mansell. Yeah. Or Mansell, oh, yeah. however you say it. Dude, like, his version of, like, yeah. Luxie Turner. Like, do, 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 do. Yeah. Do, do, that do, one's super do. good. No, that's amazing. Again, I guess what's cool about this podcast, too, is, like, I would never have seen... Um, I might have would have seen I probably would have seen the original Reefer Madness at some point maybe because I just like old movies and stuff like that and it's a right. classic it's a cult classic um, I would never have watched Reefer Madness the movie musical like there's no way I would have I, I just it just doesn't I, I'm, you know, I'm so, training you guys so it to, is, be, to be better people. So it is kind of <laughs> cool that, like, I, I mean, it's something that I would never have watched, and I, I watched it for something different because I'm always up to watch something different, something unique, and, you know, take something out of it, you know. Uh, something, right. And it's cool that, again, like the three of us, um, we have similarities, but we also have differences when it comes to tastes. And it's cool that, like, I mean, I would never, like, go out and buy, like, the Moana soundtrack. I love Pixar movies. Um, and, and I, but I, I, I don't like listen to them on like speakers, you know, and listen to them and stuff, but like, but, but Jacob does. So like, it's kind of cool that we I'm, have a, we have a group of people that I don't know what, I don't think Pixar has made a musical though. Oh no, I know what you mean, but the, but you know what I mean? Generally like generally just musical numbers like in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I wouldn't go buy the Moana soundtrack, but you, you might, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I so, wouldn't buy it, but I'd listen. But to it. well, yeah, that's what I mean. But like, not not Moana. I wasn't a big fan of the music, oh, okay. which is a controversial well, I, statement. I, I was but just, I, I was, would, yeah. I would go. You know, yeah, I like would as just as an example, like Her- Hercules. I fucking listen to that all the time. Yeah, so know? like I would, I've never listened to the soundtrack by itself. Like just you know, just while I'm watching the movie. So it's kind of cool that as a group we all have our similarities and differences. So when we talk about it, it's just, you know it's cool. That's what I like. Right. That's what I liked about yeah, watching. Like you guys are really into Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and I'm not. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> well, see, <clears throat> when I like thought of the idea for the podcast, you know, I, I picked you, Byron, specifically because I knew we'd be talking about good movies. Yeah. I knew we need someone <laughs> to pick bad movies for us. So obviously. You know, first on the list that was is Jacob's Jacob me, yeah. <laughs> to pick the bad movies. Pick, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. That makes sense. It makes sense. You know, I see it as I'm teaching you guys about movies because you guys have this student filmy uh, idea of what mov- movies are. No, I mean, it's kind of so cool I'm, that I'm it's, teaching you guys. No, it's cool to have like a, a, a balance, you know, and I'm looking forward to having a Harmony Karen, you know, um, episode or a Nicholas Winding Refn episode and hearing your take on well, Only God Forgives those? and stuff like that, you know. So, who did Only God Forgives? I thought dude, that was Lord. You know what I'm really interested <laughs> in hearing your opinion on? Fear X, actually. Out of all of his movies, Fear X, because Fear X is like the hated one. Yeah, it's, You know what I mean? The one that everyone's like, fuck that. And I love it. Are you talking, yeah. are you talking to me or, or B Ryan? You. You. I feel like Harmony Corinne? No, no uh, Nicholas Minding Refn. Refn. Yeah. Is that I, his uh one of his earlier movies? Or? It's it like kind of in the middle beginning, yeah. 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 It, has, it stars John Turturro, actually. Yeah. So that's cool. You know, oh, John Turtleman. <laughs> it's funny though, because like I don't want Jacob to like watch that first. No, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, I want him to watch, like... He has to watch maybe that's, a, maybe that's a good reason for me to watch it first. Dude, I don't know. Well, like, maybe. Okay, so we talked about how we would cut back on the Masterclass episodes. And Refn has, what, eight? 
or so. So if we, we'd have to pick like four to six. So I was thinking about that. Like what so, the fuck would we pick? So like for your, you know, you guys brought up the for the episode for that. We can't the, do bleeder for obviously. the next episode. You know, um, for you with you guys doing the oats stuff and then like having a designated time mm-hmm. for each short. We right. could do that for the master set series, where instead of watching just two films, which I know it's back to back, but we could do like three or four. And then have a designated time, and then talk about you know we could do that if if I just know we're not going to get to everybody. it. Just means like yeah. watching four movies in a week, and dude. we'd have like right. a three and a right. half hour. Well, but episode. some of those, well, yeah. Then again, but yeah, you haven't seen all those, yeah. Crap. Right. Um, you know, you can mark off Bleeder though because I can't even find it in yeah. English. You know, it's funny. My brother has that oh, DVD, um, but it's like but it's, the, it's the PAL code, and yeah. the, but he has yeah, I can, the. I can send it to you. He has yeah. the PAL code DVD player, but he still hasn't lit- watched it yet, too, because we've never gotten the, the chance to come to watch it together. He's because we want to watch it together. See, I um, have the file, but I can't find subtitles for the file. Oh, That's shit. Yeah. I, I keep saying I have it. I don't know why you guys don't believe me, but because I have it. Do you, you really have, have that? No. There's no fucking way. There's no yeah. fucking way. Shut the fuck Dude, up. I have the whole bloody affair, too. I got both. Oh, my God. On the same DVD. They're on the same, <laughs> DVD. <laughs> on the same DVD. Damn it. You, there's, your charade is... Yeah, it's over now, boy. <laughs> it's region no, locked though. I'm and actually, corrupted. Like because we're such lovers of the guy, like I don't know like how what we would pay like you'd have to do pusher. The original one. Yeah. Well, is it, but, you know, like, my favorite... Well, I don't have we a favorite. We probably wouldn't do Fear Because, like, the actually. second and the third one are so good, too. I like, we, like the second one. We might good. have to do, like, the trilogy, right? I, I don't know. It's don't so know. tough. Hard, it's so it's tough. Because they were also made in, like... Like, number three came out, like, almost a decade Quite a after... a few years later. One. Yeah. The third one is fantastic, though. Obviously, he's seen Drive already, so, like... Yeah. We, but we'd have to touch on Drive. Yeah. you just have to. I mean, because, like, the, the, there's, like, a trilogy kind of with Drive, Only God Forgives, and um, The Neon Demon, you know? Because those are stylistically different than Bronson, and they're different oh, from Pusher. Bronson. Bronson's awesome. And they're and stylistically <laughs> different from Fear X. Bronson is awesome, know, dude. So. Freaking um, Tom Hardy as yeah, Charles Bronson. That, that role is what fantastic. <laughs> Then here we are, like like we're like just like you know, just, yeah, we're nerding. Out. We're like nerding out on <laughs> reffing again. Yeah, I, I I just checked my Facebook uh, a couple. <laughs> of I, likes. I look over there and like Jacob is just completely like tuning us out. So the problem, the problem. <laughs> well, having... here's the thing: is is we're supposed to be talking about uh, what are we talking about? Reform. Oh, that's right. The films that but... you wanted us to watch. <laughs> <laughs> the problem I'm having with this is I don't. I wanted to touch on musicals. I don't know. Like, I don't want to go too deep into what a musical is with this episode because I feel like we should have no, a specific episode, right? Like, no, because this is—it's a super unconventional musical. Exactly. It's, it's not. It's not like there's no "I want" song really. Right. Like, it, it's it's all it's a spoof. Right. Exactly. It, it's 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 like the idea of a spoof. It's 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 less about a musical than it is a spoof. Exactly. I, I, it just happens to be wrapped up in the musical genre. I kind of feel yeah. That, they just call it a musical. I felt but that, it's actually a spoof. I was kind of feeling that this particular episode was going to be more of a review type episode, not so much of like an in depth thing. Because you know, like yeah, it's I was, a theoretical. Because yeah. like you know, I was re listening to you know the the Evil Dead um, episode, and, and we were talking a lot about you know like upcoming. Or you know, like make just going out and making a film and coming up with, you know what I mean. We talked more than just about the film. We talked about like just you know ideas for um, 
um, emerging filmmakers. To, you know what I mean? So, like, each episode we've done different things, but I kind of felt that this one was going to be more of a review just because, like, it is. It's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint something. But there's just right. not a lot. Like, there's, like, it's, like, with other movies like Kabiria and Hercules, I could find all sorts of, like, right. production history Like, history stuff, you know? to it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And this this is, this, yeah, there's not a lot to these movies. But, I mean, but like, yeah, at the same time, it's cool. cult movies. It's kind of cool, you know? though, that we, had, that we have, like, a lighter, you know, j- just kind of fun but I also think episode, like, you know, we have a structure to our like our podcast and like how we're attacking things. But I get bored if we're doing the same thing. Right, so to have right. these episodes where it's like a little less a little structured in the, in the middle, yeah, yeah, yeah like, no, I like it's that. It's totally cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And right. that's why, I, yeah, that's why I liked earlier, you know, or like it's just cool to have like a variety, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff that I wouldn't normally see. You know, like I probably wouldn't right. have seen um, Kabiria. Uh, Definitely would not have seen Kabiria. You know, I, which I love silent oh, me films neither. and I would stuff, have never, ever watched Kabiria. I wouldn't even have heard of Kabiria, actually. Yeah, so, no, yeah, same. Same. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's cool. I, I like this, you know. Like, uh, I want the yeah. podcast to go on for as long as we can make it go on for, and hopefully that's a while. But I know that I have to change things to keep it interesting. I'm just that type of person where I I, it, I have to do something yeah, else. Yeah, Otherwise, for it sure. Otherwise, it stop. Like, it just, that's it. Like... I go through like phases of like really hardcore like doing stuff and then not doing that at all, you know. Like, yeah. So having the podcast is nice, but you know. Yeah. So, question for you guys: do we do we know how this film made it into the Library of Congress? Like, or did it just randomly? Did someone just leave it there? Because <laughs> you know, that's when something... I read about the history. It's like it, it sounds like someone just put it there, and yeah. like they didn't <laughs> actually like. They just like left it on the shelf or something. It's like super glossed over. Like, it was like one like, of oh, the church there. members. You know, I don't know. I honestly <laughs> don't. Like, if there's a DVD that has some commentary or something, maybe they say it in there or something. But obviously, I'm not going to buy a reefer. There's magazine. probably some reefer fanatic out there that knows. <laughs> right. Some dude that should on be us. <laughs> should be us. He's like, I got this from the library. This is the library, right? And then he just smokes some more. He's like, yeah, this is the library. So he just leaves it there. <laughs> it happens to be the Library of Congress. This is, yeah. <laughs> it's like this huge, because you know it's like probably all like nitrate film too. It's like in these metal oh, containers, yeah. you know? You like, right. You know, does like the, all. The, does the DVD go here? Yeah, like, like every, right. every reels, you know, like right. all the reels. He's just like in like a cart he's bringing over. Where's, is this the Dewey Decimal? I can't remember. Yeah. SPF. Uh, I'll just leave it here. Someone will figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good question because, like, I wonder, like, you know, because the guy, what, found it in the 70s? Yeah. So I wonder, like, yeah, how long it had just been sitting on the shelves at, at the Library of Congress, you know? At least right. a decade. Wow. Because normally things get, like, put in the Library of Congress for, like, cultural relevance, you know? But, but this... Um, I, I, I guess I never really thought about this. I always thought of the Library of Congress as something that's kind of like the Disney vault, you know? Like, it's this theoretical thing that, like, will get, you know, it's, there's not actually, like, a, a library of, con- like, they don't actually, like, keep it in a specific, maybe they do keep I it mean, in it. I mean, it was a physical spot. copy of it. It was a film copy, right? I think you're thinking. It was. You're yeah. kind of considering it, like, the National Film Registry is, like, kind of what you're thinking of. Like, you're comparing Library of Congress to that. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, is it actually, like, a physical location? Or you know, nowadays, is it is it digitized? I wonder if it made its way there because they were using it as propaganda and were using it to get laws passed. Like, maybe during the time they were, like, showing it, so, like, lawmakers had it on hand, 
Because, That's a good point. You know? That could very well be the answer right there. Because the Library of Congress... Well, that's actually – that would be an interesting episode, too, uh, the difference between, like, the National Film Registry and the Library of Congress. You oh, know? we should totally do that. We have we have it on our list of the National Film Registry. I don't remember what films we have for that, yeah. but I imagine the first film the to first, ever go into it. First, yeah. yeah. First Dude, and the latest. This is a little off topic, but I've been – I've always been a big fan of Kenneth Anger. I don't know if you guys are familiar oh, yeah. with Kenneth Anger. Okay, so I, yeah. I've just been listening to a lot of um, his interviews – and he was talking the about the one with Nicholas Winding Refn. Oh, I totally, I totally listened to that. I've totally listened to that one. I've totally listened to that. All right, we're we're turning back to Reefer Madness. Yeah. So, but like, the musical, very interesting. Yeah. But like, no, but like he was the talking best. about like the the French, the you know the the cinematique, uh, the cinematique or whatever. Um, and it's kind of like the French version of the National Film Registry and stuff. And I was like, we should do an episode about all that, That's about like point, film actually. preservation, a film, you know. Um, yeah, just like like lost films and stuff like that. That'd be kind of a mm. cool episode, and that's something that, for, that's on our list. But we we have to lost films are on our list. I think we have to find two movies that were like lost and found, right? Like Metropolis, like, like at Metropolis. least like like Metropolis. One, the fact that well, in the sense that a good section of it was lost, and then they refound it, you know, or found it, uh, refound it. That's a new word. Um, found <laughs> like. At least Dude, 30 minutes of it or how so. How badass would it be if we could get, like... It would help if we were, like, a bigger podcast, obviously, but pull in someone like Kave, who's, like... Yeah, that, knows would be, that would be so dope. And have, like, an no, interview episode. No, that would episode. be perfect. I would like... We need an interview episode, actually, to kind of change things up, I think. Yeah, like, get Tony Pritchard. <clears throat> Dude, Tony Pritchard literally I lives... Love, I literally love lives down the street from me. Really? Literally. No way. Yeah, like you walk out of my apartment, go right down the street, and his house is right there on the left. No way! How do you know that? <laughs> because we, my girlfriend had a class with him, and we've she's recognized him and I've seen him. And he oh still lives there. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, he, he's. I see him um, uh, still. I uh, you know when I'm going through the halls and stuff. Uh, it, he I, he has a, he's teaching a summer class right now. I think. Oh, do, you know maybe you should pop over to my place and we should like. Ask him like, "Hey, would you ever want to be? Yeah. We're doing a podcast. Yeah, are you bored? Tell, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell, tell him I'm on it. We have a good, oh, yeah. I have a good reputation. So, yeah, we'd uh, say you know Jacob's part of it. Oh, sweet. Of it. Yeah. I never took class with him, so I don't know him. So yeah, um, yeah. But I'm sure he's seen any movie we want to talk about. So we just oh pick, yeah, for sure. Pick the right episode. I, what I liked about right. Tony Pritchard is that him and I had so many similarities when it comes to music and movies. Like I loved his classes because I'm like, oh, he's gonna pick an awesome mm-hmm. movie, and sure enough, he picks you know Videodrome also, and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know what we could try to do is with a guest like that. Maybe he could pick the two movies. Right. Maybe right. his idea of what a back-to-back is. Yeah. And we'd watch Oh, that's him, a really good idea. And then yeah. we can talk about it. And then, he, you know, we'll, we would come up with questions or whatever to, like, ask as we're going through and ways to talk about. But then also, like, you know, since he chose it, he would have an idea of kind of like The listeners are getting an uh, in-depth look at how we come up with some of our episodes right now. <laughs> dude, it's funny. Uh-huh. It's funny because I've heard of, like, other podcasters that were like, oh, dude, I spent, like three years before we started this and thousands of dollars testing equipment and like and soundproofing rooms to see get the very best sound and like we put effort into like we spent like weeks before we actually yeah. st- our first recording coming up with like ideas and lists and stuff yeah but, not like, so much the equipment just the ideas like, right. yeah Dude, like, how do we sound we're, we're content based right. content based yeah it's like i mean as long as it, it sounds fine yeah no i think it hang out yeah Content hangout. That's what we're about. Yeah. <laughs> hangout content. 
I, yeah, all right. I'm getting us back on track here. I'm okay. Do it. Jacob's hosting I'm now. Do it. <laughs> uh, so this is considered a cult classic, and it's one of the best examples of a midnight movie that, that I'm referring to. Ooh, oh, yeah. This is That's a good, good point. point. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about midnight movies. So what are midnight movies? So this, we've touched on this a little bit because there's yeah. like a difference between cult and midnight, right? And there's an overlap. Oh, 100%. And there's like, it's, and then Huge there's overlap. Like the, <clears throat> film but festival midnight movie yeah. midnight madness or whatever they like to call it too because like because <clears throat> again like the first big films that came off as like cult films started as midnight movies like um mm-hmm. Eraserhead and El Topo and The Holy Mountain both of those were by Joe Dorowski and then um uh Eraserhead, Eraserhead was by David Lynch yeah. so all three of those films were like the first oh and Pink Flamingos by John Waters like those oh, four films course. those four films were like in the early 70s were the like beginning beginning of what became a cult film but they started off as midnight films because you know people would get high or whatever and want to see a, right. a, an interesting weird movie and go to the late night cinema and, or, or drive like, in and, and watch the good them. people wouldn't stay up that late right you right. know what i mean so, yeah. so you know you had the you had the kids you had the, yeah. the 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 underground scenes you had the people that were you know had the edgier left lifestyles that wanted to go watch something unique and in the late 60s early 70s there was a huge you know you know fuck vietnam type shit and there was that mentality of like not only were the films more controversial, but um, people just wanted to see and, and, and be a part of something that was against what was the norm. And I think Midnight Movies um, came out of that. And then from the Midnight Movies, some made it to cult status and some were lost in obscurity. And, <laughs> yep. and some and some just became Midnight Movies that were neither not bad but they weren't necessarily good, you know. They just kind of right. maintain their 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 status as just like a, you know a, a movie that was a midnight movie. Um, so yeah, um, and I I guess this you know Reefer Madness would be a good example of one that kind of was elevated to the cult status, you know. Um, but I I still think that Reefer Madness would be more of a cult movie than a midnight movie, right? Yeah, totally. yeah. I I yeah. I think it's. Um... Well, I think it's both. You know, I think I think it's cult status came from its midnight right. movie things because like people would go in the seventies during that midnight movie kind of craze. They would go watch *Reefer Madness*. They'd watch it high and they'd watch it ironically. Right. They would they would watch it like for its um, you know campiness and the fact that it's like such bullshit and it and it's honestly it's making fun of their parents. It's making fun of uh, churches and stuff, which. It, is a you know ter- like churches and, and and religion is kind of a group that people who just go get high like they just kind of make fun of it you know and they <laughs> make fun of like how ridiculous they think that like how ridiculous churchy people think that they are because they made this movie so it, it almost like brews hate you know and people love to hate people you know yeah. and that's what this movie did you yeah know? yeah it's crazy because it's so misinformed it, like it's like <laughs> when when you're when you're reading the intro of it and it's like 
weed get, makes you feel funny. Weed makes you uh, paranoid. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that. And then eventually it's like, read, weed makes you kill people. And it's like, yeah, whoa, yeah. Wait, wait a second. That's, uh, and even that's yourself. <laughs> and even yourself. And it's like, that is... This is going to be a good movie. <laughs> it was always weird. This is, this is turning it around. It was always weird. Well, not always. But when I found out that it was potentially a church group that made this movie, I thought that was weird because when you break down... If you, if, if you take cannabis and marijuana in this movie and replace it with heroin, it makes a lot more sense, right? Yeah, like it's, it's, right. It's more serious because that's more real. Because it's a heavy. That's a heavier drug, right? And the reason why cannabis, like a big reason why cannabis was put into the bad spotlight, it was it is today, is because like there was big corporation, a big industry that knew that certain product could be made from cannabis for mm-hmm. cheaper, and you could produce more of it more quickly. <clears throat> you know, like paper. Paper industry is a big uh, culprit behind this. So. I, I have a hard time believing that it was just a church group that had their hand in this. And maybe it was like someone who was a part of the big industry who was part of the church group that like kind of pushed their way into it and was like, oh, we have a lot of back money here. Here's a bunch of money. Right. You know, like I don't want to sound conspiratorial, but it's like the film, they, it, they basically took heroin, stamped marijuana on it, and then said the same things about marijuana as heroin. And the only, you know, I can't think of a good reason why a church group would give a shit about it. You know what I mean? Like, why would a specific random group of people be like, marijuana is ruining our fucking cities? Like, there's no vested interest in that. There's I, no monetary I, interest. There's I, nothing there. I have, a th- I have a theory. I have a theory. My theory is that <clears throat> they didn't like jazz. They didn't like... Um, black people. Black people. <laughs> yeah. They didn't like Mexicans. Yeah. Uh, like, I think, it, I think it stems from hate. I think this movie was created because uh, there are racist people out there, and it came from the 1930s. That like uh, racism, racism is still prevalent. I'm just going to preface with that. Prevalent. But thank you. <laughs> uh, back then, it was it played a bigger role in society, like a way bigger role. I, I think I, this is kind of what this is. This is like yeah. white people getting all pissy about something and this is this is how you get other white people like in the know to get quote unquote undesirables out of your community it's and hard to say film I mean, like, it. it's like was it a church goers kid they caught him with with cannabis didn't know what to do with about it so they brought it to the church group and the church group was like holy crap like we got to do something about this was it did that happen and there just so happened to be someone in the church group who was part of big industry you know did big industry show up and start introducing marijuana to to that's a great question the the social groups and then it suddenly caught on with people and then they were just there happened to be there to fund it like there's so the history of this movie is so dark and so obscure right like how do like, we where know? does the money but, come from where right. does the money come from? Where did the money come from? And, yeah. and, you know, there's churchgoers who are rich people. That's totally just a, a thing, obviously. But <laughs> That's that's religion. <laughs> it, it just is. And, like... It, Maybe it was crowdfunded. Maybe this is the first crowdfunded film. <laughs> it was crowdfunded by uh-huh, yeah. Christians. But I just you know? can't they see... They put it in the basket. There's a basket for Reefer Madness, and there's a basket to give back to your community. Yeah. And this, <laughs> this was the... This is crowdfunding. And, like, I think what you're saying is 
partly right, but I just don't know if that's enough to carry it all the way. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Birth of a Nation, I guess, is an example of a straight up like hate film, racist film. But yeah, which we should do with yeah with the newer one, which we we probably will. But I'm saying is like, I guess that carried hate carried it, but also there's money involved. So like, usually when a movie is being made, there's some sort of like. Unless it's super, super low budget and you just know that everyone's doing it because, well, they're one, they're getting paid even though it's not a lot of, not a lot of money, but they're trying to get their name out there. But, like, with a movie like this, it's like, what, what is the vested interest in creating this movie? I, I feel it has something very similar to what a lot of, like, ultra-conservative um, uh, ultra religious groups are doing with um, Islam today where because they don't know about Islam it's a foreign concept so it becomes fear so then it becomes automatically bad you know what I mean yeah like people, right. people are saying like Islam is bad Islam says or Islam um, Islamic Islamists kill people it's like no they don't. Uh, terrorists do, and, and the people that are the terrorists are using Islam as an influence over the people, saying, in the Quran, it says this, and, and, and then the people believe it because their religious leaders are telling them this. But really, if you read the Quran and if you, if you know anything about you know, Muslim culture and stuff, it is far from being a violent religion. Um, but... When you when people spin things a certain way, it becomes fear. It becomes paranoia. So I think for this, it could be like you said, Jacob. Um, there was a, a fear of I don't know what this jazz music is. I don't know what this is. Right. Um, I right. don't know what this marijuana is. Um, and so then it becomes fear induced, and then it becomes okay. It's bad because I don't know why it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. It, there's there's this. It's like I don't know about it. It's foreign. So. In my, I don't want my small little world corrupt by these things that I do not understand. So it's automatically bad, and and and, yeah. and that's something that I I have always just really hated when it comes to media and culture. Um, and it's interesting that this film actually that that could be a whole topic with this film because I feel like you guys you guys kind of killed it right there. You know, you got it. You hit it right out the park with the fact that. I think it stems from hate. It stems from um, uh, just not fear, knowing. Yeah, yeah, it's that fear. Um, it, in, in misinformed. Yeah. Right. Because, like, like, I mean, they obviously did not know what they were talking about. They literally, like you said, took, like, if it was heroin and then put marijuana on it with an H. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, which, is how, which is how they used to spell it. Yeah, they used like, to spell that's it. Not, yeah, the, that's not just some weird, like, they wanted it to be marijuana but couldn't call it that then right. like literally Wait, like they, how they spelled it back then yeah i just want to enter this real quick so in my drone studies that i've been doing to to get my uh, commercial drone license uh i've been reading the laws about alcohol and drugs and uh using air using aircraft and stuff like that and in one section they spell it with an h and then in another section they spell it with a j and i was like oh weird. Yeah. fuck you like, can huh. act, you can technically use either like the, using either is okay, but the, the H is like the older version of how yeah. to do it. So weird to me. It's I more just... popular with the J now. Yeah. yeah. 
with the J. Which I feel like the J is like kind of the like the more racist in a way because like like you got the whole because like, it's Maria Juana. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like uh, that's yeah. I feel that it's more rate like the J, whereas the H, you know, like Juans and Juanitos and stuff like that. You know, they don't spell right. it with an H. So I feel like that's right. actually the more racist way of spelling it. Right. Um, well, cause, yeah, because because the calling it Mary Jane derived from the like mispronunciation of the spanish version right. of, of it right because right. it's kind of the marijuana sounds like a spanish name like, yeah yeah so people just call, started calling it mary jane because of the name of the spanish like like maria whatever yeah and then there's that there's that form i don't know how to spell it how do you spell Juan? I don't speak Mexican. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, come on. Yeah. I speak so, American, not Mexican, you I, dumbass. I, yeah. That's a yeah. very interesting topic or point. That's cool. Right. I think I derailed you with that, but I, just, I noticed that <laughs> when I was doing that thing, and it's like, that's so weird. It's supposed to be an older law or something, but. Can, can I throw another uh, interesting yeah. factoid about these movies? Do it. So the director, Luis Lewis. I think Lewis. Louis J. Gasnier, yeah, that's his name. Glasnier or something, yeah. Gas, yeah, Gasnier, yes. Yeah, Gasnier, like Gas, <laughs> Gasnier. <laughs> Dude, that whole section of our of our when we were talking about Kabiria was fucking genius. <laughs> that was great. That yeah. was pretty funny. But this guy, I was like, this guy, I don't, I was, don't know if I've ever sung before. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway. You'll sing eventually on the podcast, so everyone just wait for that. But anyways, this guy, he he was a pretty not a prominent director, but he directed a lot of movies and for Paramount. He had a contract with Paramount back right. in the day, you right. know, and Paramount just suddenly didn't renew his contract. And he took up this project called um, Tell Your Children, which ended up being Reefer Madness. It was his last movie that he directed. Um, and then he ended up retiring like 10 years later or something. Um, but this guy was known to do musicals oh that's and reefer, oh, reefer madness is not a musical but they made a movie musical and i wonder if that's some sort of nod to him i i, I don't i couldn't say exactly or oh, maybe that's... the filmmakers or the the, the the uh they would be theater uh people i'm not sure what the name would be but the the, the theater people who created this thing i wonder if they were like well what if it was a musical you know and we could do it on the stage because this guy was a musical movie director. Gosh, that's you interesting. Is that weird? I didn't know that. Yeah, because yeah. I looked up his filmography, but I, you know, I just looked at the titles. I was like, oh, I wonder if I've seen any of his films, you know. Um, but I didn't recognize any that I had seen. Um, but I didn't know yeah. that they were. I like, haven't seen. I haven't seen some any of them. them. And yeah. now I'm really curious to go back and 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 look at some because I guess he hit a pretty strong peak early on and then just kind of teetered away like out of existence. But his his final like three or four movies were movie musicals. I, will, and I guess people just weren't into them. I wonder into what, his uh, musicals. I have an off the topic question for you guys. So yeah. you can talk, you can say what you're going to say. Um, but I kind of want to ask. This. I was just thinking like, I wonder what he would think now knowing that his film is completely anti what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Well, he died in 58. So he hadn't, he, he died like 12 years before right uh that but i'm i'm curious i bet he didn't give two shits i think maybe he just wanted he just work. needed the money yeah yeah could and be i really want to go look at his uh his history and see like 
he was like a is huge this pothead. the type of person <laughs> yeah is this the type of like did he make it ironically because i've he could have you know like he could have you know it's a good point he could yeah so it's like in the spirit of trying to keep the, the episode a bit shorter uh, i just want to ask this question and maybe we get, i don't know if there's another question that we can go on or whatever but so talking about this guy, how he kind of had this peak and then was kind of lost to obscurity, and we basically have never heard of his movies. Right. What? And now he's known for this tiny movie that yeah. he did. What? <laughs> what a joke. What? <laughs> <laughs> that poor man. Um, uh. But you, like, the, you don't think of Reefer Madness and think of the director. I don't even know if there like was credits I, for the director. I don't, but actually. that's the exactly. only movie of his that has survived. Exactly. Th- throughout the years. Uh so, would you guys be okay with making a living as a director, like a good living, like making uh, yeah. making feature? No, obviously, yes. okay. The, the question, the, the answer to that question is is yes. But what I'm saying is, let me, the, the second part of this question: Would you be okay with making a living as a director, but then falling into obscurity, or would you rather make? I don't know, say one or two movies that cemented you in the history of cinema. I, I don't, I don't see those. I don't understand. Because if you're cemented in cinema, then you're not falling into obscurity. Exactly. So what I'm saying is, who would want to fall into obscurity? What I'm saying is, would you be okay? No, no, no. Would you you be okay with making a living as a director or as a filmmaker Right, just making like knowing that your job, your day job, is to go on to set and make this movie, but for some reason you fall into obscurity towards the end of your career, and no one really remembers you for the movies you made. Or would you rather it be like you made like one or two movies that are like like, or you know, six movies that were like these are some of the greatest movies of all time. Like, would you rather but, be that? But, but your day job would be like working at a bank or something, or, or like, or, or how about this? Your movies, like, there's no, a no, positive. No, no. Your movies yeah. were made like your movies were made cinematic history, but not until after you died. Oh, okay. How about that? So, like, you were your movies were basically panned. Like while you were making them, so you were struggling. Okay. You were like you were making movies, but you're still struggling to make movies. I don't know. Are those I, fair co- comparable I, I questions? St- kind of like John Cassavetes. No, I, I still don't get it because one is one. You're saying, would you rather have it be your day job to work on a movie and then fall into obscurity, or would you rather have it be your day job and make like six movies and be like a king? And so, like, where's but the trade off? Like, of course, but you'd not be until the king. after you were like your movies weren't were panned when they first came out and weren't the the classics that they are until like 40 years after your death. Okay, so what you're saying let, let me <laughs> let me let me rephrase cuz I still don't get it. But maybe maybe there's just something I'm I'm missing here. I don't so know what, if I'm what you're suggesting is that it would you rather be a, a filmmaker who makes kind of cheap like studio movies and just does it as their day job, but isn't really forwarding cinema. Or would you rather be someone who pushes against the grain, maybe doesn't get the recognition right away, um, and struggles struggles to, make to work, yeah. struggles to make movies, isn't a day job, um, but you you are still pushing 
against the grain, and then maybe even after your death, you're like affecting the filmmaking world. Yes. Is that where your question is? Yeah. So like, yeah, I think you're more you're on the track of what I was trying to get to. Yeah. Okay. It made more sense in my head when I was thinking about it, but yeah. um, if it were me, and probably gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I would take the job. The day like, job. Like I. Right? I yeah, I would take the day job. And the reason is because I think a lot of people who look at film and study film, I think they misunderstand what studio films are doing nowadays. Like, And I, I think people look at movies and they, they think, okay, this is a substantial literary piece. Um, but I honestly, I'm all about working conditions. Like, I am not about tr- struggling my ass off to just get a movie made like I, I want to live a life you know I want to yeah. make good movies I want to make movies that affect people um, are these people really into film maybe not they might be into other things like skiing or raising a family like I want to affect those kind of people uh, with with movies that, that I, I want to make um, it would be awesome to have a few in the hole that like that filmmakers really, really loved, you know? Um, but as far as being the best direct, like, I don't think I could be a really good filmmaker if I wasn't catering towards something like, and having that audience is, is, is is what I think would make me better. So that, that's, that's, that's my answer. Um, that's actually a tough I, question. Yeah, I would try to do both. I, I want both. Obviously, but, you want yeah, both. I right? want both. You yeah. want to be have your. You want to be definitely. Christopher Nolan, where your job is to make movies, but you're making, you know, ten million, twenty million dollars yeah. off each movie. Right. Like that and would your be movies ideal. Are but like, I don't think. I think if if it were me, I I would I would become Chris Nolan by going through the the um, the 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 way that's like you know you might fall out of existence i would take that path instead of the ballsy art path yeah i that's a tough question um i feel like i would probably rather make those movies that were found out to be good later (laughs) and struggle and struggle just because i i because either way, I'd be enjoying what I do. Because, like, if I had the job, I'd be enjoying the steady job because I'm doing film all the, it, all the, it, all it, the time. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be steady though. I think like it yeah, wouldn't. you would make a movie and then you'd have to like work. You'd have to work something somewhere else. else, right? Right. For, like, for, yeah, but yeah. no. But if if I did yeah. what Jacob likes, where it'd be a steady all the time, right? Is that what yeah, it was? Steady, steady yeah. All the time, so like, yeah. I'd like that. That would be cool because you're doing what you love, right? However, I would also love to like, you know, even if I could only do a film every three years, like I would still enjoy that I'm, I'm hey, at least I get to make a movie every three years or four but, years. But that's, that's still steady. Every three, oh, okay. that's steady. Okay. Three years is steady. That's, but, a, that's a regular but you, amount. But like you can't necessarily live off your film earnings. Right. Yeah. So know, I'd have to have a day job or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, you got to. You know, like I'd have to come up with the money myself, almost, and you know what I mean. Like you got to bend the question a little bit and think about it. Like I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, frame frame the question. But I guess I'd I'd rather maybe have maybe even have like only be able to make one or even two movies ever in my life, and then have them become like known after I'm dead. I'd rather do that. I think just because. 
I, I'd like to have known or I'd like to have the like I wouldn't have of, of course see, know that know this um, while I'm alive because I'd have been dead I'd be dead um, but it would it would be a nice thought to to think that maybe you had part a part of your life even if it was two years of your life um, was was is able to to further um, either the art form or touch someone somehow um, because of a film that you made. Right. Um, Dude, I, you know, I would so much rather push like an actor into existence or a production designer or a cinematographer than myself. <laughs> like, honestly, like I, I, oh, I get man, so now excited. You're making me feel bad. <laughs> I get so excited about other people's work. Well, like, yeah, I guess me too. I mean, I, that's, you know what I mean? that's why it's like, a I tough, get so pumped. that's why it's a tough, super que- it's a I hard mean, question. It's a super hard question. I guess. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd Sorry. have to. I'd have to. I'd have to. I'd have to stick with. Like, no, I'd yeah. have to stick with my 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 original thing because I mean, like, because I have such a, a passion for it that I do feel that I do have a voice that is different from other people's. That I would like to. I would like to because I know, like, for me, right? I watch Nicholas Winding Refn or Harmony Crane or Kenneth Anger, and I and I get inspired. Who, who are they? Like, I get I get inspired by what they do. Um, and because I know their name, you know, and 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 I and I, I I like their I like their films, and I I'd like to maybe have you know it, there could be that one guy that was like me, right? That was like you know what? There's this film by Byron Guett that like is so fucking cool that that it makes me want to make a movie. You know what right. I mean? Like it would be cool because and it, then they make like millions of and dollars they could be the next Christopher that, they could be the yeah. next Christopher Nolan or whatever like yeah. I'd be happy with that too even if I was dead for 40 years and some guy found my movie in the Library of Congress right and it was like <laughs> or at a garage sale or whatever and was like this is legit and then he made it big and then they and then they said so what are your influences and he'd be like hey you know what there's this film and then there'd spark interest in that that would be cool I, I'd be completely right. fine with that um, at the same time yeah, I could see both. I mean, I totally, I would love to do both. Um, like you, like I mean, obviously, but that's a tough question. That's tough. It's what, Keith, hard. what's your answer? Well, listening to Byron's answer and thinking about it, like, man, if I was only made one movie in my whole life, but it ended up being something that changed cinema, that kind of like. I started to feel a little depressed. I think I'd be depressed if I only was able to make a couple of movies. It's a little too romantic. It is. It's so romantic. It, yeah, and, that's that's what I think. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm, but I'm a romantic at heart. Uh, right. I, I mean, totally I'm thinking am. About certain, I'm, like, I'm such a realist. There's lots of painters that, well, that I'm a happen realist. to them too, right? Where like they made all these paintings and they thought they're like, oh man, they were doing so well, but just for some reason they were just out of they were ahead of their time or something or just out of time, right. and eventually got all the recognition but it was like didn't matter because they were all dead and it was like obviously I want to be and we I think everyone who does art wants to be aspires to be the best artist in their lifetime right yeah and have all this recognition you know even if they say that but not too much even if they say they they don't want like even if they say they don't want the fame like if you're doing art you're generally thinking like I'm doing this because I think it looks good, and I kind of yeah. deep down you want someone you, else to say, "Wow, that's yeah," and you want awesome. your name to be kind yeah, of known, you, you know? To, yeah, but yeah, I know that I'm happier on a day to day basis if I'm working in film and video. See, that's like, that's what kills me right there because 
I am just like that. It kills me that I'm not doing film every day. Yeah. And because of that, it would feel so good. I would feel so much better about myself if I was doing it every day. Um, It would be so much more healthy emotionally instead of being like, oh, man, I can't do my I can't do this this vision that I have until I get X amount of money and so and so in in my film, you know, like but and fretting for years and years and years like I might not be able to make this movie, you know, but when you do finally get to make the movie, that sense of relief is more extreme. That payoff is because if you're doing film day to day, it becomes a day job. It literally becomes like, okay, I got to wake up and fucking see. 6 a.m. because we got to shoot a fucking, you know, it's the specific time right. when the sun is about to yeah. come over the horizon. Or we And then we got to get up and shoot for 16 hours at night because we need and all you, the night shots. Yeah. Like, it becomes you, a grind, You just right? want to survive. Yeah. You just want to survive. So like, you want to die and you want to live at the same time. Exactly. And it becomes a grind. But at the same time, it's like you kind of get the, um, what's the word? Um. Uh, when you you like are doing something that's like god what is the word why can't i think of it a privilege the privilege of making of working and making a movie like that's a ridiculous freaking job to have yeah and it's a privilege for sure so Um, like Go ahead. It's like so, like a TV director, right? Like Ed Bianchi or uh, Phil Abraham, who's they've done like episodes for you know Breaking Bad, uh, Boardwalk Empire, this, you know Sopranos, like yeah. big shows. This is going to be my question. Big shows. Yeah. They yeah. and they get to do, you know, they get to direct all the time. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's not necessarily their complete vision because they're a part of, part of a, a show. A show. Um, and some of them have gone off and done like. Uh, low budget films themselves and stuff like that um like they they probably like where was i going with that crap uh day-to-day like so the day-to-day thing right like oh man where was i going with that crap where can i I guess the grind go for it if 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 you guys oh i got it work in tv to make your money as a director even though they're not like the leaders would you guys do it I would prefer film. I would prefer just, film, just, but I would do TV. Right. I would yeah, do I TV. I mean, if it, if it meant safety, if it meant the Yeah, safety. totally, I'd do TV. I yeah. would totally do it, because, like, Ridley Scott and um, all those guys, right? David Fincher, they started off with music videos and commercials and stuff commercials, like that. And then they yeah. became later, came, you know, came up with doing the films, and a lot of it were, you know, uh, like Michelle Gondry and stuff uh, and Spike Jones. Like, they all, you know, they had to put some of their own money into their debuts to make... Spike you know, he so came like from a rich family. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's not a good example. But like, I guess. but like other, um, like for me, I would take all that money that I was earning from doing TV shows, and I would fund my own um, independent film. Like that's how I would look at my day job as like right. that would be that would be for me ideal for me right now. Would that be perfect? Because like. yeah, because then it's like okay, I'm getting money and I'm doing what I love, and then with that money, I can live cheap and. Then I could do also what I love. What I could just not accept a job for five months and do my own short film, exactly, or full feature, feature, right, or whatever, you know, yeah. feature, yeah. And I guess that yeah, that, that reminds me of what I wanted to say. So like having these TV directors, right? Um, you have like Phil Abraham and stuff like that, and then you have um, like people like Harmony Korine, who they they've Who's only like, they've only made a few films. Harmony Korine really hasn't made that many films. He's like done. Eight? Like Julian Donkey Boy, Trash Humpers, Spring Breakers, Mr. Lonely, Mr. Lonely Gummo, 
Yeah, I guess I think he's six. only done five, and then he's done like a good number of short films. Um, and he his name is known, but like a lot of people aren't seeing his work as much as yeah. you know uh, Phil Abraham or whatever. It's interesting. So like that grind is different for both of them because. And I'm not saying that one would be more, like, enthusiastic about their job because, like, obviously you can't measure that. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to look at about someone who's, like, going to – I don't know. You know what I mean? Someone that is doing this every – probably every – almost every day There's as a people job. people like Herzog who are, like, have 18 projects after his next project so <laughs> yeah. he never has downtime because he's such <laughs> yeah. a prolific right. filmmaker. Yeah. But he chooses right. to do that, though, too. Right. right. So it's – I think to come swing back around, just to answer it, I I want to be the romantic, but I want to just say, like, I'd rather have a day-to-day grind that has to do with film than not. That's so tough. That's so so tough. The question is, like, not meant to be answered necessarily. It was meant to be hard, but... It's just, just I'd, to think I'd about rather it. do the day job. Jacob is just—he wants to work on bad movies because he likes. Bad that's a movies. that's a that's a hard answer. I don't it's, care what it is, even if it's bad. There's just I like a there's like a small it's good experience yeah. all around. You no want to be what, the Kubrick, it's right? Good experience. You want to be the Tarantino. That's like, man, my movie hit the freaking festival circuit and won every award yeah. because it was just. But you could never say that because you'd be dead. I know exactly. So that's that's the, that's the, that's the kind of that's the like oh crap. Because you you want that you want that recognition, um, right. kind of. But you know, like, but, like, but it has it has to be about the work. It can't. Well, it that's can't what, be... and that's what I mean. And that like that's yeah. that's what's tough about it, though. Because like either way, it has to be about the work. Uh, well, because it's kind of like, hey, would you rather have the recognition or would you rather do the work? That's what this question kind of is. Like, it, it, it's more of like, would you rather put in the work even if the movie is bad to try and make it good, or would you rather? make your own personal film that might make it big. You, you At know? the same time, though, you'd never get that recognition yourself. It's you only yeah. your name. Right. Yeah. It's only your name. So in that sense, you're leaving your legacy only as a name and that movie. And you're, you yourself are not... Whereas you can get recognition as a date you know as a director from like like phil abraham in his circle of of the t- you know tv you know he's worked with all those actors you know because he's working with you know people that are in big movies like you know uh steve Buscemi and um matthew mcconaughey all these people that have done tv now and vice versa he's working with a-list actors he's working with b-list actors he's working with cinematographers that i've done full-length features he's working with producers like martin scorsese david fincher like he's in his circle of in his circle of friends and people that he works with he gets recognition so in a way you're getting way more recognition as someone that is doing your job daily than you are ever if you just did one movie or two movies that would get recognition you know what i mean like i would you just know what say I, mean? I would just say i would i'm going to pick the make a movie that f- that is later on super popular and then have my day job in between and be a videographer. I'll be I just make yeah, commercials yeah. in the meantime that no, are super I'll be know, a uh, studio executive and then <laughs> I'll make I, yeah, I'll make two uh, Oh my god, that's actually good. <laughs> studio exec I'd rather I'd rather be like I'd rather yeah, like do like the one movie or whatever and then like be an editor or something, you know. Yeah, the caveat to the question has to be that your day job can't be film related. Yeah. 
you know. Right. Or or a PA. You'd yeah. be a PA. It's hard. It's a hard question. It is meant which, to be. Which is worse than being in the film industry, honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so God. cool. I think that's a cool place to end. Yeah. Kind of got thought provoking. Well, hang on. We still got to talk about our movies. We barely talked about it. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, so I'm you're muting right. you, and then I'll chop no, off but, that last part, the edit. But seriously, if if if. Honestly, if the only movie I made was Reefer Madness, the movie musical, and I did the theatrical run, I'd be happy. Like, if that was the only if that was the only thing I did that was of importance, and then I continued working in advertising as, like, an editor, sounds good to me, dude. That'd be sweet. Because, you know, people like that movie. People no, yeah, it. for sure. Yeah. That's, you know, it's a, it's a cult movie. People watch it on the regular, you know? It's, it's, it's not a super popular movie, but... But it has people, people that people know. love the shit out of it, and I'm one of them. So if I can just get that in there, yeah, I'd be sitting pretty. I can see that. It's life. like me. I'd, be, I'd it, die happy. Because that's like me with Trash Humpers, right? If I could make a Trash Humpers <laughs> where, like, like, most people have never seen that movie, but if I, had made, if I made a movie that's like that, that people like me and Keith, you know, like, uh, would see it and be like, that's awesome. Like, I'd be completely happy with that, you know? So right? it's the same. If you had, like, 10,000 people who were just like, right. this is genius, I love it, yeah. I love you, it's, good job. It's dope. Like, I mean, that's like yeah, the podcast. Would, if we had 10,000 listeners, amazing. dude, I would yeah. be, like, crapping my pants. Yeah, happy. it'd be awesome. Like, yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, and that's that's why we don't podcast in the same room. Because I'm afraid, afraid you'll crap your pants one of these days. I wear diapers every time we do the podcast. I know. That makes it worse. It almost makes it worse. If you listen carefully, you can hear the crinkle. <laughs> yeah, it's seeping out. I can almost smell it from down here in Tacoma. Dude, Tacoma. It's not the aroma of Tacoma. I was going to say. Oh, my the, gosh. The, the aroma, aroma of Tacoma. Tacoma. It's the aroma of Kevin. Dude, aroma of Tacoma should be the new band name. Start a band with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think we can Neato. wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so do it. Yeah, you go ahead. Don't let me interrupt you, okay? You will. There's always the one. Uh, if you have any questions, <laughs> yeah, Keith, topic don't let suggestions, me opinions, <laughs> or if you have any fact corrections, send an email to b2bfilmspodcast at gmail.com. We're always trying to learn new things, so we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also visit our Facebook page and join our group to comment on or discuss this week's episode or past episodes. All of our episodes can be found on iTunes and at SoundCloud.com slash B2B Films. Our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at SkinnyProducing.com. Next week, I had a feeling you were not going to say it that one time. And I was ready to I just continue it. on. I said it. And I brought up the angel uh, this episode right here, right, after, right during the credits. Brought it up. Fuck the doesn't angel. Count. Fuck doesn't count. Doesn't count. Next Fuck week, the angel. Um, so next week, Byron will be gone. So Jacob and I will be doing another mini episode, talking about Neil Blomkamp's Oat Studios and the short films they have been producing: uh, Raka, Firebase, Zygote, and Cooking with Bill. Also, Cooking with Bill is fucking hilarious. It's like three and a half minutes long, and it's literally just like this um, uh, parody of like cooking shows, but the, this like carver thing he uses is this weird like hybrid chainsaw that's got these weird like spinning like it's a chainsaw but around the the chainsaw like teeth and the chain are these long blades that spin around i have to check that so out so he like is oh, like weird pulls out this turkey to cut on and the woman's looking at him like what the fuck is going on so he puts his hand on the turkey to steady it and ends up just like slicing the fuck out of his hand <laughs> <laughs> wow spoilers that's awesome. hilarious oh my god <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen when you see it, so I'm not spoiling anything. But the way it happens is, is hilarious. It's like, right, apparently he wants to make, like, a slew of these type of, like, um, these uh, types of shorts or whatever that are, like... I think it's, like, his idea was that they were going to do fully... Uh, 3D renders. Each episode would be like a 3D render, and mm. it would be these two hosts who test out all these like ridiculous military weapons on each other or something, and that would just be the series of shorts. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So Oat Studios is super cool. I'm really stoked to talk about their business model and what they're what they're doing. Um, and I haven't seen any of the shorts, so I'm stoked for that. Psycho so actually stars Dakota Fanning, so that'll be interesting. Ah, um, the old Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to L. Right on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're planning to watch all four of them and then kind of see where the conversation takes us, you know, with that. Um, yeah, so make sure you watch the films to be a part of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. I'm Jacob. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm still recording. No. Come on, mouse. Okay.